Heresy and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the war master Horus and his three brothers, Mortarian, Fulgrim and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless, after the Emperor's favoured son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survive the onslaught thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker, under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 30 of the Radio Free Istvan podcast. Is this Von Istvan? I say it different every time I say it, so I just kind of go all over the board with it. My name is Michael. I'm <laughs> I'm one of the hosts on this podcast. I got Ryan here. Go ahead and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, guys? And we are a Horse Heresy 30K podcast based in the United States. I'm in Texas. Ryan's in Indiana. And uh, we're very... I don't know. I don't know. We've got a good relationship here. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna like bring up all the statistics I've been looking at. And I was like, no, it's not really worth it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say we're a very liberal podcast, but uh, not. Nah, it doesn't matter. That's a joke yeah. that they would have never <laughs> got. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't understand it. So we got a pretty nice little episode for you guys. Uh, we're gonna go over some things. Obviously, we're gonna go over some hobby progress. Uh, we're going to go over the new Thousand Suns, which is actually a 40K release, but we have some speculation that we'd like to go over and uh, point some things out to you guys. Uh, Ryan had a game that he played. He played a three-on-three, from what I understand. How many points was it, Ryan? 2,000 per player, so 6,000 aside. Jesus Christ. So a massive-ass game. Uh, we have a Blood Angels list we're going to go over, a Solar Auxilla list we're going to go over, uh, an event in Florida we need to talk about, and... Uh, uh, a cool gaming group out of Colorado we need to shout out. So so we got a pretty nice little episode for you guys. Um, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and break it off. I guess for starters, Ryan, how you doing, man? How's how's life up there in Indiana? Is it getting cold? It is getting cold. I mean, to, to us, it's not really that cold. Like, I don't really care. Like, it's like, I mean, it's getting below freezing the last oh, couple of days. Not so, I mean, it's a it's hovering around between thirty and forty somewhere in there. Yeah, we had a cold front run through, and it's like forty five degrees, and like the papers, I'll bring your pets in, like bring your bring your animals inside. <laughs> they're f- they're fine, Texas people. They ain't gonna die. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, man. Like, I feel like uh, I was like, that's how that's like this is the temperature it was in Indiana when I was over there for the Circle City Heresy, like. We're good. We're gonna be all right. Everybody's outside, porches talking. Everybody's standing outside. Like you, that's the you, you talked about that to me. I don't think we talked about that on here. You like you were so surprised at all the outside activity going on. You know what? And and now that I think about it, like me and my family were doing outside stuff. Like that's the thing about Texas. All right, like it's hot all the fucking time. It's like and global warming doesn't help, but it, it just gets hotter and hotter every year. And so when I went to Indiana to go see Ryan everybody was fucking outside at like every little like pizza shop or like you know restaurant or whatever like everybody was just like stand outside talking to each other and i could not process that because nobody goes outside in texas like nobody stays outside in texas like it's like we build buildings to go inside of like we don't like i don't 
Like, I know there's air conditioning inside this building. So let's go inside and have this conversation. We don't need to be standing outside. But it's just the weather, man. Like, it's the weather is yeah. so, so beautiful there. Like, y'all can just do that all the time. Except, I guess, not, maybe not during the winter. Maybe it gets too... Yeah, you cold. don't want to stand... I mean, it's, it's fucking cold. Like, especially... Because we get some pretty severe, you know, winds here, too. So, I mean, it's nothing to be, like, 20 degrees outside, which isn't, like, super, super cold. I mean, it's pretty fucking cold. It's, ten, yeah. you know, uh, 10, 12, you know, below the freezing point. But then it's nothing to have that and then, like, 20, 30-mile-an-hour winds. And that shit will just cut right through you. Do you remember how I was saying, like, during the summer, like, people just die? Like, you just read the paper, like, oh, this dude died in his car. Like, yeah, that's just- us in the winter. Yeah, I was gonna say like is, is like, you know, just have like people just dying all the time everywhere like all oh, those people. Well, not all the all the. I mean, every year it happens. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you know dozens of people a day or anything <laughs> like that. But I mean, it can get. I mean, fairly brutally cold here. I mean, it. Uh, I I've seen it. You know where it's literally like this is all in Fahrenheit, obviously like you know, 20 degrees below zero and then have like a 20 mile an hour wind or 30 mile an hour wind where you fucking go outside and you're out there for about five minutes and you're like, your body is telling you get the fuck somewhere that's not out here. Shut down. Just shut down. Conserve energy. Stay warm. Uh, There's been times I've had to shovel my driveway to get to work. You know, we've gotten like a foot of snow and it's so fucking brutally cold that you start your vehicle and let it warm up and I'll literally go outside and shovel for like 10 minutes just till I can't take it no more. My hands are hurting so bad. And then I run and jump in the truck and fucking put my hands on the heater just to get them where they don't fucking freeze. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, get, get where you're like, you're not going to die. Like just heat up for like five minutes and then get back out and shovel for 10 more, you know, and then get back in. And you got to make sure you're like, you can't have exposed skin. Like when it's that cold, you can't have any exposed skin. So the way I do it, I buy, uh, I have these, it's called a gator mask. It's like a half, you know, face mask. It's like made of insulin. And and then you get one of those. And then I usually take just a, a toboggan and pull it down and then take your hooded sweatshirt and pull that up over that and then pull the hood real tight. So you're sealed. And then take uh, just safety glasses, just like clear. You wouldn't think, but safety glasses, if you put them on, they seal pretty tight to your face. Right. And it holds that heat in and it'll keep like around your eyes, you know, warm. And they're, you know, they're still clear. So that's usually what I do. And then you have, you know, your winter coat and your overalls or whatever. And then you got to wear rubber boots because once your fucking feet gets wet and then you like you're walking around, you get your feet get warm and then the snow melts and it makes your feet wet. That's the most miserable it, that's when you start like getting frostbite, losing toes, whatever. You got to keep your feet dry. Yeah, I so that. I you got to got to own a uh, pair of rubber boots. Mm. You need to come up here in the winter and experience it. No, man, I'm like I'm miserable enough. And like when I used to work in the field, like it was, I think it was like 28 on this one location that was like on a hill, and I had my like balcava or whatever it is, like the thing that goes yeah. over your face and like doesn't cover your eyes and then i had my safety goggles i put on top of that and then i had my hoodie underneath my fire retardant jacket and like it was just like all these like layers and i'm sitting up there just freezing my balls off and like the ground was muddy and wet like we don't have we didn't have snow it was just like wet right. it was nasty and i was like who the fuck lives in this why do people put themselves through i can't imagine that's, that's not bad i mean that 28 degrees that ain't shit i'll go outside and just hood a sweatshirt and blue jeans and that 
nah, and man. work in the yard. That's not. I can't wear. In fact, at that temperature, if I went outside, like, because I'll chainsaw a bunch of shit in the winter because all the leaves are down. It's a lot easier to cut up wood and stuff. Um, I have to do it every year because we live in the woods. If I go out to do chainsaw or, like, vigorous activity, if it's, like, right at that temperature you're talking about, if I wear anything more than a hooded sweatshirt and blue jeans, I burn up. Oh, God. <laughs> no, man. I got to, like, I'm telling you, it's it's different people, man. We, like, in Texas and just in general, like, all the way up to, like, probably Houston. Dallas Dallas is a little bit more, more uh, I guess, climatized or whatever. Uh, if it snows or if it sleets or like if there's any sort like if, like even sleet like if it sleets in Victoria, businesses are shut down. Like it's just it. Like we just don't like we just shut down. Like it's it's like just known across the town. It's like look, somebody saw ice come from the sky earlier. We don't know how to handle it, so everybody just right. let's time out on working and just try and go about our day right. and so that's well, how- I can say it's just it's just different like the same thing happened i think in atlanta not that long ago they got like an inch of freezing rain and like everybody died it's like, like it the apocalypse yeah because yeah. <laughs> i don't know how to deal with it we're here it's just like eh, let's drive a little slower you know whatever like i don't know i got that gopro mount in that toyota i bought yeah and my road is pretty cool because it's the trees are so grown up on each side that the branches like almost form a tunnel over the road and you don't really realize it because obviously the sunlight can filter through. But in the winter time when the snow falls and it like, if it's the real wet, like fluffy snow and it like packs in all the branches that almost like bend in and seal. And it's almost like driving through a tunnel of fucking snow. It looks awesome uh, on this windy road I have. So if it, if it, if we get a really good snow this year, I'll try to remember to throw my GoPro in there and film driving down my road for you. You know what? I wasn't even thinking about like how, because uh, your your road itself, like you you drive it with such confidence, but like in reality, your road's like real windy and like goes through. All oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's like yeah, most people don't like it at all. Back cave on, style, it's literally like, on a ridge, like the very tippy top ridge of a chain of hills. Yeah. So and it follows that ridge, and there's all kinds of ravines on on each side, and it's there's a whole, there's like two or three like hairpin turns in yeah. it. Yeah. And you you take them going pretty quick. Like you're you're comfortable with your road, oh, but like you should have seen me when I owned my Subaru STI, man. It was like fucking time trial shit. <laughs> oh yeah, like we could have filmed some Fast and Furious movies up there. It was fucking awesome. I love so, that thing. So like now I'm thinking about what that road is like in the winter with like frozen roads and stuff like that. Like you'll probably have just like people. That we got a foot shit. of snow. I actually like it because like. There, believe it or not, there are still some people that honestly believe you can live in Indiana and not have a four-wheel drive vehicle. So uh-huh. they're like trying to drive around and they're fucking, I don't know, they're uh, like a, I'm trying to think of a bullshit. CRV, like a Civic. or like Yeah, a, and it's like, come on, bro. Like that ain't. Your, your Kia Spectra isn't going to make it. No. So. Like that's I've always owned four wheel drive trucks or owned Subaru or you know whatever. Like when I was a teenager and you could only afford like I had a Pontiac Bonneville, you know that sucked in the snow. But I mean that's all I could afford. But now you know ever since I could actually buy some shit, like here's money I can actually afford to buy what I want to buy. I've never owned I've never not owned a four wheel drive. So 
I like it because all those assholes stay home and there's no traffic on the road. You can throw it in four-wheel drive if you know how to drive in snow and just drive around like normal, but nobody else is out in your way. So I can make it to work quick and all that. <laughs> and it's always funny. You can always tell. You'll see somebody with like a Georgia or Florida license plate, and they're like doing like 30 on the highway, and I come flying by, zing, 65, That'd like be normal me, speed. That'd be me. That'd be me going like 20 in my truck. Just like, oh, God. Oh, God. I'm slipping. I can't L- wait to get some snow this year. Like I said, I'll shoot, I'll shoot some video and send you some pictures. It's pretty cool. But I would like to get you up here in the wintertime. I think you'd like it, actually. I mean, just to see what it's like one time. It's pretty cool. Oh, just don't make me climb that hill again. No, that would be brutal in the winter. Because I've over there went sledding. It's like, imagine walking up that hill in a foot of snow. No. No. I'm no. feeling great. Like, I'm completely healthy now. And, like, 100%, like, like I feel great. Like, I feel fantastic today. I slept good. I still don't want to climb that hill. Like if you <laughs> presented me with that hill right now, I'd be like, nah, dude, let's just like, let's just drive up it. Like, why do we gotta, why do we gotta walk up this steep ass? I don't hill? want to go there for a long time, but I want to go someplace where it's like really cold. Like, there's people like in you know Canada or like I'm sure maybe some of the Swedish guys, the Northern Heresy guys, if they live really far north, are probably laughing at like my pussy. Oh, it's cold here stories. Yeah, because it's like, oh, it's you know, it's only twenty below. Like, I want to go somewhere where it's like super fucking brutal, just to experience what it's like. Where, like, the animals, like, evolutionary state is, like, shutting their bodies down. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, like, camp in it. Like, I want to go out. I'm not saying, like, I even want to be there a week. I literally want to walk out in it, like, maybe spend a couple, like, not all at once either. Just, like, like a day where I can go out, maybe walk around, whatever, see some neat shit, and then be done with it. You know what I mean? I want to step outside. I want to say the word fuck. I want to watch my breath get frozen and write the word out, fall to the ground, and then step back inside. That's what I... <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. I just want to see what it's like. Like, what does that really feel like? Because to hear... I mean, it's gotten so... To me, when it gets below, like, 10 degrees below zero here with the wind and shit, because I had to work in it every day. I mean, you're talking to a guy that... I started working outside when I was 16 in this state. I've never moved out of Indiana. So from the time I was 16 to the time I was 30, I worked outdoors every day. Okay. So... When it was like that, like I work construction, so like we built subdivisions and shit. So you'd be out in an open field with no wind blockage or whatever. The wind would be whipping across there 30, 40 miles an hour, and it's like minus 15 outside, and you got to be out in it for eight hours. Oh, fuck. You get a break for lunch, and that's it. So like working, working. Uh... So as much as it sucks <laughs> and as pain, like it sucks, don't get me wrong, but I mean, you won't die. Like it's not, you know what I mean? You'll be all right. It just sucks. Just make sure you don't have any exposed skin. You know, keep moving. And every once in a while, if you, if you do feel bad, get in a, you know, get somewhere where there's some heat and warm up and then go back out in it. But, um, I mean, there, I guess what I'm saying is when it gets below like a certain whatever, to me, it all feels the same. At least what I've experienced, like from minus, you know, 10 below to like minus 25 below, it didn't really feel any different to me. It all sucks. So I want to know like what it's like in like the extreme extreme. Like, how, can you tell? Can you go outside and go like, holy fuck, this is different than minus? <laughs> like, I can actually feel it. Holy fuck, I can't blink anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. That's cool. that, that'd be nuts, man. Especially like think like Arctic Circle level shit. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, 
Could you imagine being that fucking cold, that fucked up? Like you're just like, holy fuck, it's cold. I'm all bundled up. Like I'm I'm not mobile because I'm all like, you know, heavy weighed down. And then you see like an Arctic wolf or something like that's sizing you up. You're like, fuck. You feel <laughs> so fucking helpless at that point. Like you're just like, humans were never supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> see, I felt the extreme heat because I we went to. Uh... I've been to Death Valley. I've been out west where it's really fucking hot. I don't know, like, I guess in Africa, there's probably places that get hotter, but I've been outside when it was like 122. No, I think, I think we, I think in America, it's the hottest. Place. I, I don't, I don't know. But I've, been, I've, you know, been in Death Valley. I think the hottest I've ever been, we went to Arizona last year, and the temperature, I have a picture of the thermometer in the car said it was 122. That was that was just in a black parking lot in this one specific area. I think the actual temperature outside was like 110 or some shit where we were at. Yeah, but because right. the car's sitting still on a black parking lot with the sun beating down through the window, the temperature and you know on the car thing said 122 degrees. Yeah, the hottest temperature ever recorded was 134 degrees Fahrenheit in Death Valley. Yeah, ever recorded. So I felt what that's like. It's not fun. I mean, you wouldn't want to be out in there all day walking around, but I mean, you can go out. We walked through a a cactus botanical garden in Arizona, and so we were walking around in it for, this was that day that it was that hot. It was over 110 degrees, and we walked around in it for four or five hours, and we're here, you know, we're alive, you know. But I feel like if you go where it's super fucking cold, you try to do that. You die. You die. <laughs> like you did. You did, son. <laughs> in the superheat, like as long as you don't overexert yourself, you just move real slow. Like you could be okay. But like in the cold, there's not really anything like you can't like you I guess move really fast, but your I don't think heart can only move like bumps unless so you're, much. Unless you're some freakazoid like Wim Hof. I don't know if you know who that guy is. No. He like climbed he climbed Mount Everest in boxer shorts and sandals. What a boss. Because he gives no fucks. I don't think he made it all the way to the top because he because he was only wearing sandals that fucked his feet up. Like that, like or he had a problem with his feet, but he still made it to like like some ridiculous altitude with no oxygen, no whatever, just climbing in shorts and shoes. Could you imagine like being his like team, like going with him? And then like he takes people, I forget what mountain it is. They climb this one mountain. Because he trains people to climb it in nothing but essentially shorts and and shoes, this one mountain, and he takes like me and you could do it. Like you, anybody can sign up, and he trains you for like three months, fucking civvies, and they take you to climb this one mountain, and you have to you can you can look it up. It's something you can sign up for, and you just don't die. Like it's just like look. This I don't think he's ever die. lost anybody. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I don't think he's done it several times. And I don't think he's lost anyone. Like, I'm just thinking about, like, all the people. Like, because you said he only made it halfway up the mountain, right? So, basically, there's a one point where, like, he was he was starting to, like, feel bad. Like, he was starting to, like, well, this is, this is rough. Like, this is getting bad. And, like, could you imagine, like, being part of his crew and you're just like, fuck, dude. Like, he's not, he's not walking as fast as he should. Like, he's... Do you see that limp he's got? Like, I think his toes are frozen. Like, you're, like, you're legitimately worried about him at that point. And then, finally, when he goes, hey, guys... Like he Tom, he Tom Hanks from fucking Forrest Gump. I'm kind of tired. Like, <laughs> well, he he's literally done stuff that's 
I mean, did it in a science, like in a fucking lab with scientists staring at him. So it's not fake. He's did feats like laying in an ice bath and shit for amounts of times where they in the if like if you get a biology book in high school, it's like at this point you're dead. Okay. Like if you do this for this long, you die. And he's done it for like triple the time. And they're like looking at their watch and looking. And you can see these fucking scientists like they literally can't figure out. Like they think this dude, maybe he's a reptilian or something. I don't know. An alien. <laughs> like they can't figure it out. They took this thing. There's some type of, uh, it's like a fact, fast acting virus or bacteria that they do for like studies that they inject you with and it makes you get like violently ill for like a real short it's almost like giving someone food poisoning or some shit for like okay. a real short period of time right. like a special flu but then it goes away and they use it for studies and they injected it with him and he did like some breathing exercises meditation shit oh i know who you're talking about yeah and it just didn't work on him yeah like he he uh he because like he can uh, no, I know exactly who you're talking about now. Like it's Wim Hof, yeah, you can look him up. If he if he gets like a cut, he can like like concentrate enough to where like he can like send all of his like red blood cells there to like stop the bleeding real fast and like like basically he like he meditates himself up to like yeah. do weird feats with his body. Yeah. yeah, and they can't figure it out. And yeah. it's all like he does it with science. He's not like a hoax. Like he'll go to a fucking lab and they're like, here, study me. And they hook him up. And these are all like accredited, whatever. And it's weird. He can do some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I saw something where like he had like a. like they He gave... ran a marathon above the Arctic Circle in shorts and flip flops. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know he did all that. Like I didn't know you could just like go like talk to this guy and like hang out with him. That's cool. I'd like, I did, I'd definitely love to meet this guy. Let's figure out where he's at. Where's he at? Where's he located? He's uh he's from he's like from Sweden or Denmark or some fucking place. He's in Europe, but he's in the United States all the time. He's been on Joe Rogan's podcast several times. We have not talked about 30k at all. It's been 25 minutes of cold weather and Wim Hof talk. That's okay. Hey man, what's the opening? Like this is how this is how we open it up. And I've been listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, dude. Like ever since we watched his stand up, I was like, I gotta see this dude on on like uh, I gotta listen to his podcast. It's fucking great, dude. It's so I good. love listening to it. Yeah. If only we could aspire so good yeah so, that's what we need is 20 million downloads i think he gets 20 million downloads oh he gets a lot oh yeah i watched his yeah. bill burr i listened to his bill burr one it's so good bill burr's so funny to me the was, one the the end of the world one where they did the election uh maybe it was like a whole panel like 20 people or whatever no 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 it oh. was just bill burr on his podcast oh yeah, and yeah, yeah i think there was also a bill burr podcast that joe rogan was on there's some really good ones, like some of the older ones. I'll have to go back through. If you're actually listening to that, I can pull up some of the ones that I've enjoyed that the guests that he's had on there that are really good. And I like that he gives like equal time. Like he had Graham Hancock and um, Randall Carlson on there not that long ago. And a lot of people think that those guys are not real scientists or pseudoscientists or you know don't believe anything, but at least he gives them equal time. You know, whether you believe it or not, it's still interesting to listen to. Yeah, for sure, dude. And then, like, not that long before that, he had some guy that was, like, a legit science-accredited, like, uh, archaeologist on there that would have disagreed a lot with what they said, but he gives them equal time. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, yeah. So. No. He gets, like, Milo on there and stuff. He's, like, super controversial and, like... He had Dan Blitzerian on there. That was a good one. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I listened to the Joey Diaz one. 
the Bill Burr. He's one. been on there a million times. He's Joey so Diet. funny. He's so funny, dude. Like, Have you seen him live? I've been a couple. I've been to one of his live shows. It's never, pretty funny. Never seen him live, but like I love when he talks about his childhood. Like that's why I like. I don't mind like on our podcast. Maybe if you listeners mind, let us know. Like send us a message, and, and we'll try and like keep it down. But like, I don't mind like actually like talking about like childhood stuff or like where we live and stuff because like I always love hearing other people talk about like what their childhood was like or like you know what it, what it was like growing up and their their stuff. Like how did they get to that point? So. Yeah, I think it's cool. I like I like hearing stuff like that too. So, I don't mind talking about people dying in the hot or cold weather and <laughs> <laughs> like for our opening man, it's like it's, free, it's like this is how we get pumped up on top yeah. of the hour call we have before the podcast. Correct. That's the other thing. Like me and you are buddies, but this is when we talk, yeah. so people don't realize. So like when we have these conversations that they're listening to, it's just us reconnecting because we've been a week without us talking and then we're just like talking and so, people oh, get to hear it. Let's talk about Joe Rogan podcast. Like that's how it works out. <laughs> so anyway, I guess let's get some 30 K stuff. Okay. Let's do it. What's your hobby progress looking like, man? Where are you at? Okay. So I finished, I finished my javelins. So I got a whole squadron of javelins and I actually tried them out for the first time, uh, last night in the game that we're going to talk about later. I know, um, I know you had javelins already. So when you say this whole squadron, you don't just mean the I three. I had one. Pa- I own three. Okay. I had two airbrushed and okay. one fully painted, and so I painted the rest of them. You're like, so they're I'm all a fucking done. closer. I couldn't use the <laughs> right. other two. So the okay. whole squad. I have a whole complete squadron of three fully painted now, okay. and they're the cyclone missile launcher assault cannon ones. But I've uh made it so that I can swap the assault cannons for multi-meltas or um, heavy bolters. Like, I got all that painted. And then the little antenna on the front, I magnetized it so it's breakaway. Because that's some, like, fiddly shit, and I know that would break off, like... Immediately, they have that real instantaneously. Yeah. yeah. So I just magnetized it at the base. So now it's kind of funny, because people go to do whatever, and they'll hit it, and it'll fucking fall off. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, nah, cool. It's magnetized. <laughs> I saw this. I saw this. <laughs> I foresaw uh, this happening. So I did that, and I painted a just a single Blood Angel veteran marine with the blank faceplate, the the yes. ones that I bought all those heads for. So I I just had time at work one night after I finished those, and I was like, I'll paint one of these. I got to do 20 of them for Adepticon, but I just grabbed one and started on them. So I painted one of those to do a test model. So I got one marine done, finished the javelins, and then my heads... Finally, well, the whole conversion kits finally came in for uh, these Forge World World Eater guys, and I separated out the kits, and I'm giving the other ones to one of my friends that play World Eaters, and I'm, as we're actually talking on this podcast right now, I'm shaving the bunny ears and the little corn logos off these heads to make the helmets for my Black Shield guys. How did you get that idea for using those helmets? You just like the well. These are supposed to be Sarum pattern helms, like World Eaters. Like their one planet is supposed to, that like their Forge World that's very basically dedicated to them is called Sarum. Yeah, and if you look at Karn's helmet. It's got that really wide mouth grill. That's yeah. kind of the the hallmark. It's supposed to. It's very skull. It's the most skull like uh, helmet, like Mark whatever helmet, you know. Right. Yeah. And. Um, it's classic to world eaters and my guys are supposed to be black shields that were ex world eater. Um, so I've always liked these helmets from forge world. They're the ones, if you get on there, they're the 40 K, uh, corn berserker conversion kit. 
and you get torso, shoulder pads, helmets, and they're just supposed to go with the plastic uh, Chaos Space Marine kit or Corn Berserker kit from 40K. GW, normal GW. So I bought this kit because my buddy plays World Eater, so we just split it, and I just told him I want the heads and you can have everything else. And he's like, yeah, that sounds good. So we bought four packs, so I have 40 of these heads, and I'm just cutting the bunny ears off, and then they have a corn logo on their forehead, and I'm shaving that down. And so I think it looks cool. It looks like a... Because they don't make Sarum pattern helmets. That's I was actually very disappointed when Forge World released the upgrade kits from Forge World. Right. 430. For, for World Eater. I could have... Like, why would you not make them... Like, that's the classic World Eater helmets, the Sarum pattern helm, and then Sarum this, Sarum that, Sarum... And then they give them, like, fucking... Uh, Warhammer, Warhammer Quest <laughs> Chaos Warrior helmets from 1998. Like, I don't know, this is weird. And I don't Th- hate those other helmets. helmets, but they they don't look... For one, they just look like knight armor. They don't even really look like power armor. Like, they look like a fantasy helmet to me. Yep. And... I don't know, it's just a weird choice. Like, I don't... You know what I mean? I don't hate them. I don't think they're like totally ugly, but it's like what? It's just an odd thing. Like, why go with that design? It's very weird. I've never heard of the Sorum pattern helmets or anything like that until just now. Where did you like read all that? Like, where's the fluff for that? Like, I've never even heard that. Um, it's just in a lot of uh, it's in a lot of the 30k books. Um, just if you read all the fluff in the, the 30K, it talks about it in the black books. It talks about it in a lot of the chaos books. And when you read anything about Karn Betrayer, Karn the Betrayer, it always mentions his Sarum pattern helmet because he's always had that unique helmet with the wide mouth grill. Yeah. Huh. And if you look up, if you type in Sarum, like in uh, Warhammer Wiki or whatever, it's it'll talk about a Forge World dedicated you know, to the world leaders. It's like one that they, for whatever reason, like it, they makes like, the vast majority of all the war gear that the world eaters have is from that one forge world. I think it's S S A R U M. I think Sarum. Yep. Sarum pattern helmet. Yep. Oh, there's even a, I guess in book two, they have the, yeah. Laurelist world eater, legionary, Micah Volkov, pit capture, Istvan three atrocity. Note, early issue crusade pattern armor with Sarum type respirator mask. So yeah. Yeah, how cool does that look? Yeah, I mean it looks like a Mark Seven mask, but like you can tell the mouth is like wider. Definitely wider. The other thing I thought about doing was using the Mark V helmets. They kind of look a little like that, but I think these will look cooler and be more unique. Like I don't I've never seen anybody running around with these in 30k. My hands down, my favorite thing about those is the teeth inside the respirator. Yeah. Like, that's, like... I always make fun of, like, how... Like, if you look at the World Eater, like, the uh, um, the Red Butcher's armor, it has, mm-hmm. like, all these, like, weird designs and stuff like that, like a mouth is eating this and all this stuff, like, all over the armor. And I'm just like, how is that, like, useful in battle? Like, why, why is anybody... But, like, if they go through that great lengths to make the armor look like that, then I could see somebody like, well, I'm just going to put teeth inside the respirator. It'll look cool. And so I could definitely see an artificer putting those teeth in there. Like, instead of it being, like, 
you know, chaos berserkers, like the taint of chaos actually made teeth inside of there. I could actually see it like that as a, uh, a artisan design that. So anyway, like I said, I went with these helmets. I think they look cool. Um, they're a little plain on the top, like you said, because they look kind of skullish. And because I'm shaving the horns off the top, it's just kind of like a bald-looking head. So I, I don't know. I've considered, like I said, putting some type of plumes or top knots or whatever, but now you're trying to talk me out of it, and it's telling me to leave them normal. I think they look like a peeled-up skull cap. Like I think it looks like a skull cap without any skin on top of it, just like a straight skill like i think it looks dope okay we'll we'll leave it like this i could always add something later if i didn't like it but yeah so you you could even do are you gonna do the uh the what do you call it on them like for the sergeants are you gonna do the plume on top or anything like that i like i said i'll probably almost i think i'm actually gonna use a totally different head for them because i only have 40 of these and i ended up doing more my my list that i that's the other thing. I'm in full-blown fucking panic mode. I don't see how there's any way I'm going to get these done in time. <laughs> and also my blood angels that I need to get done. So, I don't know. I told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to have to literally paint like before I go to work, after I get home from work, like every night. So, don't get mad at me. <laughs> so, from like now until stiff, I literally plan on getting like four hours of sleep at night and painting like 10 to 12 hours a day to get what I need to get done. And I still don't know if I'll get it done. Good God. I, like I said, my backup plan is I can always switch to my militia because the way I do that paint scheme on the militia, um, for one, a lot of the army's done. Like the, all the ogrens are done. All the characters are done. Um, it's basically just basic infantry and the vehicles and the vehicles are literally using that rust paint. So I can paint like every fucking vehicle in that army in like three days. Okay. It's just not not that hard to do. So it's really just the infantry. But I was doing like the last time I did those infantry with I think we talked about it on here. I did like twenty I think I did thirty infantry in a week or something. Like it doesn't take that long. So I have a lot of them to do, but I I feel like I could finish that entire militia army in a month. So if I guess if I get to like February, like the beginning of February and shit, just, there's just no way I might just change gears and just knock out my militia real quick. So I have something to bring to stiff. Huh? Okay. I mean, I have other armies. Like it's not like I have a fully painted war bear army. I have a fully painted salamander army. I have a fully painted blood angel army. It's just that I wanted to bring something different. It's just not the RK way to go bring something similar. It's not. Right. The so I wanted way. to do these uh, black shields. But anyway, my list, my actual 2,500 point list, I think I only have, is it eight, I'm trying to think here, 10, 20, <laughs> roughly 30 power armor guys in it. So I bought 40 heads. I thought, oh, that'd be more than enough. Right. But I've added, I've added uh, two other units just to, not to the army list, but just to have in case I wanted to play Zomortalis or play a different uh, Force Org or whatever. Right. I needed to make a another Reaver squad, and I wanted a different type of veteran squad, armed a different way. So 
I, uh, I'm a few heads shy, so I think if I make all the sergeants' heads and all those units different, I should have enough without gotcha. having to buy another fucking set. And then all your Terminators and all that jazz. and Yeah, I got all those guys. Those are already all built with heads. So I'm going to airbrush. I pu- my plan is to airbrush this stuff uh, this week. Uh, so should be... I got one more Reaver squad that I, I ordered that I just needed some bits from. Like a backpack and some other shit. And um, it's on its way. I should have it probably Monday or Tuesday. So as soon as that shows up, uh, I'll clean it up, prime it, and uh, be ready to start airbrushing next week. So that's kind of the plan. So, And then my Blood Angels, I have what I have left to paint for them, I have a Rhino, uh, five dudes with Volkite Chargers, and 19 veterans. And six jet bikes. Good God. It's not bad. I've, uh, I started on a jet bike too. I forgot about that. I'm about half, three quarters of a way through a jet bike guy. So I think I should have all the jet bikes uh, close to done next week. So hopefully they'll be done. And then I got my blood angels right here. After I get these helmets done, I'm going to be working on these. So expect like while we're podcasting all the way up until... Adepticon, I'll be painting these Blood Angels as we do these podcasts. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Pretty much uh, the same thing, too, as well. I don't know if you can see. I don't know if you saw this guy or not. This is the one veteran I finished. His, he's not based. Looks good, dude. How'd you get that white on the wings? Um, It's white with known oil, then followed up by another white, or what? Yeah, I just painted the Cer- the Games Workshop Ceramite white and then wash the whole thing with non oil and then just take a shitty, what is this, Americana, the 99-cent Walmart paint Yeah, because it doesn't cover like super great, and that's a good thing. It's kind of watery and doesn't cover great, and then you dry brush with this. Looks good. That white really pops. Yeah, I like it. And then it, it's hard to see because his bolter is over his chest, but... There's a, another logo on his chest that's painted. See it? Yeah. So some of the ones, depending on how they're modeled, you can see that a little more. That's actually what I am working on as well right now, is Blood Angel Tactical Marines, except with a close combat weapon, bolt pistol. So what kills me, like we've talked about, like I already had a 2,500-point list that's basically painted, mm-hmm. but I'm taking... I have enough assault cannon attack bikes. I can fill up all my heavy support slots and they're already painted, but I didn't really want to take that to a narrative event because they're, they're pretty brutal. And then on top of that, I don't really want it to be spammy anyway. Yeah. So I'm taking, I'm actually taking those out to put like jet bikes in. So not the jet bikes are bad. I think we talked about this. So I'm kind of in a way, I make like it's just kind of weird. Like I already have units. I'm just trying to make it like look more diverse on the tabletop, and just be cool. Like have a wider variety of units so that the army looks better. <laughs> You're like, so I, I trust me. I'm not an asshole. I uh, <laughs> well, it's not I even feel- that. It's just that, um, 
I just want the army to look cool. Like I'm trying to put looks before playability, I guess. Before this that. event. Because I could uh I already have all these other units painted and I could easily do 2500 and stop painting and immediately go to my black shields right now. But it the army list would be very Beardy. like not even I don't know. I guess you could some people would say that. I mean, obviously it depends on who it is. It's not even really that. It's just that it would be very repetitive. You know what I mean? It would just be like, here's these predator tanks that are all the same. Here's these two vet squads that are exactly the same. Here's these three fast attack choices that are just all, you know, the same. Here's this uh, suborbital strike wing of the same. So it's like basically four units just repeated several fucking times. Hmm. Okay. Whereas the list, the list that I'm painting towards has uh, veterans in a rhino, Volkite charger guys in a rhino. Uh, predators with assault cannons, predators with las cannons, javelins, jet bikes, attack bikes, praetor on normal bike, um, suborbital strike wing with avengers. I think there's a scorpus whirlwind in there. Um, you know, like a good mix of, of everything, stuff. every unit. Yeah. So huh. anyway, but that's it. That's pretty much my hobby progress. I feel I feel like my army list is like super bland now. I'm trying to, because mine is <laughs> three units, like, copy and paste it over a few times. Well, I mean, like I said, there's nothing really wrong with it. I mean, that's the theme of your list. Um, I just, because I like, I've always loved the Javelin model, and I really like the Jet Bike model, so I wanted to put them in just because I like the way they look. And it just so happens that the way the army was constructed, I have to, because I already have my fast attack slots full, I have to take things out of the list that were already painted to put shit that's unpainted in the list. So, it, it, we, I think we had this conversation the other day when we were on the webcast. What is the point of the normal land speeder now? Like now that the javelin's so cheap and everything, like why would you ever take the normal land speeder over a javelin? I think the only thing that it, it the only loadout worth taking graviton multimoto yeah it's it, you can't really compete with that and the fact that you get five of them instead of three oh that's right okay so you can take a unit of five so you can take 15 little land speeders but only nine javelins and then also the the little land speeders are still cheaper they're still slightly cheaper like five or like 10 points in it something like that. i think they're i think they're 50 because a javelin's what fifty five or no javelin's fifty right? You have to look it up. I think a javelin's fifty five. I think normal and speeders are only like forty points or some shit. I got red booker. I, I put them together on the webcast and I was like, like, cause Zach was like, hey man, you know, like why would you take this when you could just take a javelin with multi melta for like that does the same thing? And I was like, no, nah, but they're like way cheaper. He's like, no, they're not, not anymore. And I looked it up. They're like, forty. They're forty points. So they're fifteen points per model cheaper. And then you put the multi-melter on, like, then you have to upgrade everything. Right, but if you, so if you put the multi-melter graviton gun on them, they end up being 55 points, which is the base cost of a javelin. And then to put a multi-melter on a javelin is... Or no, sorry, that's that's wrong. There's 65 points. Because, yeah, 25. Yeah, there's 65 points with a multi-melter graviton. And then a javelin is 55 points. And then to get a multi-melta is 10 points, so that's 65 points. Right. But you're getting a twin-link cyclone and a multi-melta, where this is getting a multi-melta graviton gun 
and you can take but you can take five of these instead of and three. This is also getting grab backwash, strafing run, outflank. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's better. Like the javelin's better. I didn't really understand the javelin's points drop at all. Like it's confusing to me. Poor land speeders. All they have they don't even have outflank. Just have deep strike. Stupid land speeders. I really want I really want like a 30k conversion for the land speeder and then I really want to take 15 of them. Just have like but then they'll just get iced so quickly by like a squad of uh uh Fury of the Legion tax squads or something. Well, they're so fast like there's just don't get them near shit like that. Like the idea is that you know, you get them in position and then just blow the shit like you can't tell me that like having ten of those in your army, like that's ten haywire shots on a vehicle that can move twelve inches and then shoot eighteen. So it's got a thirty inch threat range. Ten haywire shots if you're in two units of them. Plus they can deep strike. Yeah, but there's stuff out there like Sakarins and like Dardeos that are just, just Yeah, but that just kill that shit before it shoots at you. I don't know. I don't know if it's that easy though. Like maybe the Sakarin, like maybe deep strike in rape a Sakarin or whatever like this it really okay. seems like do the same thing to the Derrideo and it, it unloads on you like with its with what everything? it's intercept that's only in a 45 degree arc you can't figure out where that 45 degree arc is and deep strike out of it yeah I guess you're right I don't know they're very fragile like I I've I've played land speeders in my Raven Guard list and every game I played I used them to kill knights like that's all they yep. were there for it's like Murder that night, please. Yes, sir. Deep strike, deep strike, deep strike. Blah, blah, blah. Dead night. Yeah. But, like, as far as running them, like, expecting them to be alive multiple turns, I feel like you'd have to be, like, a really Ryan Kimmel player to to keep them alive. Well, the Javelin's not. It's just one more armor point higher. Yeah, but, I mean, not that, that. That, that puts you out of bolter fire. Like, you get glanced out by bolters, and if you're in a squadron, all those fucking coal points carry over. Yeah. Uh, I get it, but, I mean, it's like... I guess if they've gotten to the point where they've run out of targets to shoot at with their bolters, that they're ripping them into land speeders, you've already lost to a degree that why does it matter? And then I believe the reverse is true, where if you're a good enough player to where you've put them in a bad enough situation where the best target they have for their bolt guns our land speeders then you're probably winning so it's I would, like i would love for somebody to bring in a unit of five land speeders around a, a death a death blossom like that would be my choice unit to see and destroy like if i had a death blossom on the field and i saw a land speeder I'd, i would pray that they would come in some sort of range and just like not just yeah, know. but if you if your dreadnought's already on the field, and then those show up and shoot your fucking dreadnought with ten haywire shots, you don't wish they were there. No, but even then, even then, on the 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 haywire shots, those bitches scatter, man. Like yeah, but your ten haywire shots, ten multi melter shots. God damn. Yeah, no, you're right. No, I get it. I get. It. And he is armored ceramite, so I'm like, I'm I'm he, I'm pretty sure he'll die out of it. But if he doesn't, it'll be a glorious like fuck you back to the oh my god just just thinking about that happening like i said i'm not saying they're like the top choice like run out and buy a bunch of land speeders i'm just saying they're not at all useless 
Yeah. I mean, 65 points for a multi-melted graviton gun on that little speeder that can deep strike and move pretty quick is not bad. I'm going to try it out. We can't all be, you know, like Phosphex quad mortar points efficient. <laughs> you know, not everything can be like that. This isn't 40K. I wonder, hold on. So a unit of five of them, they're 65 points a piece, right? With graviton multi-melted, yep. That's 325 points. What's the cost of a three-man quad mortar squad? I know you know that off the top of your head. There's 60 points of quad mortar base, and then you have to buy the rounds for them. Okay, so. That's a little bit more. But if you could graviton, I guess you wouldn't be able to graviton the shit out of a quad mortar squad. No, they're going to lose to quad mortars. Quad mortars aren't easy to destroy because they don't. They. They still get a three-up armor save. They got to fail streak checks, all that shit. Like, plus they're gonna get, yeah. It's not the pro choice thing. It doesn't ignore cover or anything, and it's not low AP. Yeah, not even assault cannon, not even blood angel assault cannon. Yeah, it's not. It's not really a good choice to kill. But we can talk about it. But in that game I played last night, I like ripped an entire like five-man assault cannon attack bike squad into quad mortars and killed one crew member. Fuck. Yeah, we'll go into that. Actually, yeah, we'll go into that right now. Let's go Thousand Suns, and then we'll go into your game real quick. That's fine. How about that? My hobby progress, by the way, was just like, I just painted like, I think, eight tactical marine, Blood Angel tactical marines, and then I got the base coat down on my Daredeo. Which my Daredeo is probably never going to see action, so I don't even. Know. I, it just I just had the red loaded up, so I had to hit it. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to make you gold. You're going to be red. So, so anyway, let's talk Thousand Suns, dude. Let's let's go into this. Let's talk about these Rubric Marines that Games Workshop released. I actually, did Games Workshop release the pictures? Or are these just pictures floating around the internet? Because they have this like weird square around the. Like, it looks like the box art. Like, somebody released, like, what was supposed to be going to the box. It looks, it looks like the images that you see in the White Dwarf in the section of advertising, where it's, like, a little bit of a background. Yeah. And then they have that. Like, if you look in a White Dwarf, they have a page that just has all the stuff coming out. So my guess is it's from that. It's leaked well, from that. Another thing is, the if you look real close, oh, maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm just seeing things. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So they have like a weird white square around them, around the name, and then around the actual picture. And like normally you'll see something like that in like, I guess, uh, like when you're editing or you're putting in pictures into like a magazine or something like that. Like, like these are vector images that you're moving into this file or whatever, like trying to like, size it up for like a white dwarf or something like that like i want the word scarab occult terminators here and then i want this picture here and like they got that like white border around. so i feel like it's like maybe like a screenshot of somebody that was doing work for the white dwarf or something i don't know it's probably games workshop leaked it and just like just to see what the just to see what the the response is but but for those of you out there that are listening have no fucking clue what we're talking about uh Games Workshop. Somebody leaked uh, 40k Rubric Marines, Exalted Sorcerers, 
Scarab Occult Terminators and Aramin and then some Zeej Gores, something like that. Like, yep. F- all 40K. This is all 40K stuff, but... Maybe. In, huh? Yeah, maybe. Ex- exactly. Maybe. And the reason Ryan says maybe is because if you actually look at these models and you actually look at the pictures and Ryan actually pointed me to this, like the Scarab Occult Terminators, uh, and I guess just if y'all aren't aware of what Scarab Occult is, that's Airmen's like homies, right? Those are like the people that like... I don't know. They're in... If you get in the Visions of Heresy book and in the card, the old card game, the Heresy card game, there was a unit of Terminators or a whatever that are a named... That's the name of them. It's like a fluff... In the fluff, there's a whatever... It, it, whether it be like a whole company or just a squad or whatever, but there's a specific guys that are specifically called Scarab Occult Terminators in the 30k fluff. Okay. So they're not necessarily like Airmen's homies and all that. Like right. Because he when in what was it, Thousand Sons, he was like part of the Scarab Occult and like walking around with like the other Scarab Occult like homies. Well he's in the Corvidae. Yeah. Which but is he, like his But he also had like like whenever I, I don't know man. I gotcha. Alright. I'm pretty sure somebody's gonna contact us and like I'm not, like I said, I've read all those books, but that's, you're getting so detailed, I wouldn't, you know, I don't, it's been a while, I don't remember that. And it's not, if it was something that I was, like, really into, like, Word Bearers or Blood Angels, where I've listened to, like, I've listened to all the Blood Angels stuff over again, and the Word Bearer stuff, and literally taken notes to get ideas on how to model things. Okay. And obviously, I remember that better than, like, Thousand Sons, who I give no shits about, and would never do an army of them. Like, right. I don't dislike them. It's just, I just don't have any interest in ever doing an army. So, I didn't listen to them on that level. I just listened to it, like, one time or twice, just for something to listen to, where I don't, I don't focus in on those details as much. Gotcha. So, anyway, the Scarab Occult Terminators that got released, the, well, that got leaked, are clearly in Tatara's Terminator armor. Like, it's very much in Tatara's. And they don't have any like zinch symbols that are actually like on their armor. It like everything's painted on zinch. Like it's like oh, here's a zinch logo here, 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 here. And, but it's like not actually on the armor. They're not chaosy or anything like that. So like they're like we had some speculation before the show that these could possibly be kind of a thirty k. I think it's a. I think it's for both game systems. You think it's for both game systems? I mean, yeah, that's how I truly think that. So you don't think that like Forge World is going to make Scarab Occult Terminators thirty k? No, I, I think they could put rules out for them, and you're it's intended to use those models there, and then forty k. I think um, it's actually been encouraging. Like I was, uh, I'm not going to lie. Like I was pretty upset when Games Workshop started getting involved, remember, we've talked about this several times, because I was scared that they were going to get... I'm fine if they want to make models out of plastic. Like, as long as they're cool models, you know what I mean? And they don't... They kind of... Like, because these Terminators, like we've talked about, I'm not a big fan of the headdress thing, although that is fluffy, and that's actually how they are in the... The art... Sorry, my stupid alarm's going off for when I'm supposed to go to work normally. Sorry. Um... So, anyway, the Visions of Heresy book and the card game and all that, like the actual 30K art, they looked 
just like these models. Like right. you can get the Visions of Heresy book out, and it looks like that. So they're tr they're staying true to what the art is. Um, so I'm fine with that. Like I didn't want to see Games Workshop take it in a total. Like for example, in this same release, these sorcerers that they released. For one, I don't. I think those sorcerers are clearly not 30k, and I think they look like shit. They look very cartoony. Like look at the Terminators and look at those sorcerers next to each other. And even though they're released. Yeah. They're released at the exact same time, but look at the aesthetic differences and how cartoony those sorcerers look compared to those Terminators. Yeah, and actually looking at the sorcerers themselves, you can actually see like on their backpacks and stuff like that, they have the bird head, like the Zinch bird head. Yeah. And their armor like decorations are extremely chaos -y. whereas the terminators the occult terminators are kind of like doled down no chaos just like really fine craftsmanship in the artificer armor kind of look right so, which will fit both the 40k and 30k aesthetic yeah oh well okay well here all the combi bolters have the or all the bolters have the zinch head I guess bird head. I don't know if that's a if the bird heads are like the the raven looking head. I mean that just could just be Egyptian thing. Yeah, that, that could also be Egyptian. I don't know. I could definitely. I mean, I could see them being used for both game systems for the occult terminators. These exalted sorcerers, no, not so much. Because yeah, uh, exalted sorcerers have like all sorts of like, uh, like mutations and stuff like that and all that stuff. This one dude's like shitting out some sort of essence. Like, did you see that? I don't know if you looked close enough to it, but the middle exalted sorcerer, like the little magic like stream yeah. they have is like coming out between his legs, like out of his ass. And like his, his cloak is like blocking it. His little, like his, his little thing. I don't know. I, those guys look so bad to me. It looks I like he's shitting out fire. Like, it looks, it looks those and the little beast gore guys they released are to me are pretty hideous like I hate those models I didn't even see the Zingor, Zingor you guy. need to look at them they're pretty bad they have like second edition uh, striking scorpion Eldar chain swords like they just look they're so bad what do you think about the new Aramon I know it doesn't really apply to you at all but that model looks good I'm happy with that model yeah that model looks dope dude like it's very reminiscent of the metal Aramon model, but it looks good. Yeah, it's it's like the opposite of the Karn model, where the new Karn model looks worse than the old pewter one that's 30 years old, for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, exactly. I, di I didn't like the new Karn model either. Yeah. But you think these rubric remains, Marines? Okay, so we're talking about the rubric Terminators, which is like clearly Tataras, you point that out. And then moving on to the Rubric Marines, if you look close on these guys, they are in Mark IV armor, except for their helmets. I mean, even their which, helmets. Which, once again, you can say that that's just a different mark of it. Like the Sarum thing we just talked about. Like these yeah. aren't, you know what I mean? You could just say they're a whatever Mark helmet on Mark IV. Yeah, I'm wondering if these flames on their heads are actually there. Like if this is actual... I mean, if you took these models and put the 30K Horus Heresy 
a thousand sun upgrade kit onto and like replace all the heads, put that on there. They would look fucking great. Like legit their bolters look to their bolters look like what? Those Phobos pattern? I can't um, really tell by the picture, to be honest with you. They're the ones that have the like extremely long clip. Well, I still let me just look. Um, and they have weird flamers. They're, what? Like three of these dudes have flamers. Do you want to? Here, let me send four these guys. To you. Four guys have flamers in that unit. Why would four dudes have flamers? Have you seen it? Like, did you actually? I'm pretty sure you didn't. Like, one dude has a. Oh, no. It's five flamers. There's five flamers in the unit, some sort of assault cannon thing, and a sorcerer. And it's a 10-man unit. Yeah, see, these bolt guns look... These look like old... Almost like old Rogue Trader bolt guns. They don't really look like any normal pattern of bolt gun. They look like that one. That one pattern. Oh, yeah, those Zangors are horrible. Oh, they're not terrible. That'd be a very cool... uh, so my Militia my favorite Army. my favorite thing is the Rubric Marines. I really like these guys. So I I'm really I'm really into these Rubric Marine guys. I like them a lot, and so they're my favorite of these models. And then probably uh, Armin and the Terminators. I like those a lot too. The Sorcerer. I think this. So I really like. I really like these. I'm not. Uh, like I said, I'm not super into Thousand Suns, but I really, really like these guys. I think that the the Sorcerers and the uh, Zangors or whatever look fucking terrible. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, they're 1s and 2s. <laughs> and these other things are like totally opposite of that. Look way better. I'm trying to look right now. I think it's the same dude. Copy and pasted the flamer guy. I know it's not a different backpack. I guess it doesn't matter. I love the shoulder pads, dude. Shoulder pads look so good. The sergeant, like, who is, like, Jedi mind-tricking somebody is pretty cool. Like, the little sorcerer. So, I guess what I'm saying is, even even if these aren't meant to be used in both game systems, "Quote unquote officially, like I, these would make for some really cool conversion bits, or like you said, just change maybe change the heads or whatever, pour them over. Like they're still going to give you 30k modeling opportunities, whether they are actually meant to be 30k models or not. I'm actually going to do that right now while we're talking on the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and uh, Photoshop some 30k heads onto these guys, but they look good, man." I'm excited for Thousand Suns players, to be honest with you. Like, cause these yeah. are, like they got nothing so far except for those heads. And wait, Forge World also makes torsos, right? I totally use these right. torsos. I would definitely use these torsos over the the Forge World ones, just cause that little nut protector cloth. Yeah, little loin cloth. They look good, dude. I'm excited. Yeah, you could take these guys and use the Forge World heads or even just use the heads that they come with. I like I like they both look really good. 
If you could take the Forge World heads, cut them up, and put them inside that Tataris Occult Terminator heads, that'd look really dope. Yeah, you could probably do that. It wouldn't be that hard. So, I don't know. It's a while before these are released, though, I'm sure. What do you think that... Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I think because Blood Bowl... I think Blood Bowl comes out this weekend. I bet these guys are in the next couple weeks. What's your speculation on the weapons they got? Uh, that little well, chainsaw thing. What on what the Zangor guys? on the on the occult terminators? Oh, I think that that's those. I don't know that they'll have. Like I said, I it'd be hard to tell. Like if, whether these are forty k or thirty k or both systems. I mean, obviously, if those are supposed to be thirty k, they're just a stylized power weapon. You know what I mean? Unless they're an actual like thirty k Legion specific unit, and then they would be like some type of uh, Kopesh, like power Kopesh or something where they have their own special rules. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you think that, like, if this is, like, way off, you know, book seven speculation, but do you think, like, the Scarab Occult Terminators are going to just be, like, a beefcase, like, probably... Because those are Kopeshes. That's what that weapon's called in yeah. real life. It's a Kopesh. It's like a chain so, I mean, Kopesh. Yeah, so that could be... Like I said, you could use that as a power sword. You could use that as a power axe, or it could have like just straight up its own rules. But I mean, like we talked about, I I don't see any reason why this couldn't like if this came out like say this was Forge World releasing these guys. Yeah, I mean, would there's really nothing to pick on if that was like this Legion specific thirty k thousand suns unit. You know what I mean? I don't right. think people so. This could literally just be the book seven shit in plastic. That they're, but that you know that they're for both game systems or whatever. But I don't know. Like I said, this is just all us talking, discussing shit. And even if they're not, I see no reason why you wouldn't want to use some of these models in your army anyway. Yeah. Kind of curious, man. I feel like. Do you remember what old? Thousand Sun, like, Marines were like, they just, like, bolt gun the fuck out of you. Like, that was it? Yeah, so the old Thousand Sun Marines, uh, well, it depends. So, like, the the current incarnation going all the way back to 4th edition are just bolt guns that have AP3 bolts. Yes. Then it, going back further to the 3.5 book, the book that everyone loves, the last true Chaos Space Marine Codex, um... You could do like an all Zinch army, and the rubric guys had an extra wound because they were supposed to be dust in their armor. Right. And you could just take standard like upgrades on the unit, like plasma guns and shit like that. Um, so, the, so the, like these special flamers, like those would just like going all the way back to three point five, they would just be flamers that are just stylized looking. But I mean, I'm sure that for forty k, they're going to be like some type of special rule, like AP two rending torrent torrent <laughs> well there's five Something. in that unit dude there's five flamers in that unit yeah that's a very See, you get what i'm saying though like they'll have some crazy ass rules for 40k i'm sure yeah but even then like i mean even you know even if these are for 40k and they just look modely like if they look similar to 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 mark four armor i mean that makes sense like it's not like they went like super chaos with it anyway in right. like fluff terms. They just kind of are timeless. 
So. Right. Well, the rubrics are literally just dust in their armor. Yeah. Dead. Just soulless. But, I don't know. Pretty excited, man. I'm excited to see the 30K community. Like, Thousand Suns. Like, there's so many people starting Thousand Suns and Space Wolves now. But, like, I'm super excited. Because, like, people have done, like, our, our one listener sent us his thousand sons already and like i can only imagine what that sweet red paint style he's gonna have on there. steven stefan stefan hillman steven yeah his last name's hillman i think it's stefan hillman i think it was yeah it's spelled with a p yeah but yeah like i want to see his thousand sons with like these upgrade kits and all that so see like these would be awesome veteran squads like if if these were not i always like there's a company that war games exclusive company yeah they make terminator upgrade kits and power armor upgrade kits very similar to these. With like the loincloth and like the helmet and all that? Yeah, yeah. You can look at them right now. And I actually think that the Terminators from the Wargame exclusive, at least in the images, because they have like the heads of the Egyptian gods, they have like one with an Osiris head, one with an Anubis head, and the fucking headdress isn't as over the top. I actually think that they kind of, in a way, look cooler than these guys. I saw that one, like, Osiris, or whatever the beaky god. Is that Anubis or Osiris? Anubis is the wolf. Osiris is the, the bird. Okay, yeah. Did you see that one, one uh, uh, Thousand Sun Sorcerer has that huge, like, Mark VI uh, Anubis-like head? Or, yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like, that's dangerous. Look. <laughs> somebody bring me my helmet it takes like three people to bring him his helmet like but you thousand sun guys out there look at those war games exclusive ones too i think you guys would like them they're pretty neat and they make like legs uh arms torsos heads all that with very thousand sun specific stuff i post pictures in the dump and the the photo dump for people to see and then also and this has the most unfortunate nick or unfortunate um, product name of all time. There's a company I've talked about them before. There, uh, if you go to tabletopart.eu, that's uh, or just type in you know tabletopart.eu uh, miniatures or whatever. They make a bunch of conversion miniatures and stuff. And if you go to their tank conversion bits, they have some super badass uh, Thousand Suns looking Rhino kits. Like really cool looking, they replace like the top hatch and the side doors, and they're where I got my uh, candles and my Rhino conversion kits for my word bearers. But the name of the kit is the ISIS conversion kit. (laughs) 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 The most unfortunate product name ever in the history of product names. Just uh, you know, Google that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so yeah, how how to buy ISIS? (laughs) Like how to (laughs) how to purchase ISIS? So, and I've actually, I can't remember the person's name, but I ta- I've emailed, I've had some email correspondence with the person that owns this tabletop company and they're, they're uh, really cool. Um, we're not like, I wouldn't say we're definitely not buddies or whatever. It's just when I, uh, I did pretty well, uh, with, um, like painting wise with my word bearers in a lot of places. And I went out of my way to, uh, Thank, thank him for making those cool conversion bits so I didn't have to make a trillion fucking candles. And this is tabletotart.eu? Yep. Mm. It's not fun. phone. Tabletotart.eu. It brings up like some German page. Hang on. With like put a, put a 
a dash in between tabletop and art. Okay, that can make a huge difference. Tabletop-art.eu. Yep, that's it. Okay, so if you click on the little categories thing. <laughs> so, like, I just typed in tabletotart.eu. Yeah. And then I was, like, typing in ISIS in the search. Like, ISIS, ISIS. <laughs> that's going to uh, Sorry, cool. Sorry, NSA. Oh, yeah, that's cool, man. I see him. The Temple of ISIS bases, the ISIS tank conversion set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bases and all that stuff. Yeah, these are dope. They look really cool. And there's some Space Wolf ones that look really awesome, too. The Night Wolf. If you scroll down a little further. Yeah, these look great. And um, I've I've ordered a lot of these guys, this guy's bits, or girl, I don't know who, uh, person, we'll call him a person. So I've used a lot of this these uh, people's bits, and they, they are uh, very high quality. Looks good, dude. Go so. give them some business, especially that War Games exclusive, man. As long as they stay in business and keep coming out with cool-ass shit, man. Oh, so nice. I'm going to use some of their Mechanicum stuff to build some murder servitors for Zone Mortalis, I think. Do it. Murder servitor stratagems. Still yeah. haven't used it. But we're getting a whole bunch of new players, so I'm going to try to get myself built up in the stratagem world and possibly build up some stratagems for them to be able to use. I don't know. I got a lot on my plate until between now and March. Yep. For sure. All right. So that's that on Thousand Suns, man. Let's hear about this game you played. Let's hear about this okay. quad so war city this. game. So they drug me in because I was over here. I was just working on my I – I didn't want to even play any games. Like I hosted game night, and I wanted everybody just to leave me alone, use my house, you know, eat my food, drink my drinks, but leave me alone and let me paint and work on these heads because I got to get shit done. Okay. For whatever. So I told everybody, I don't want to play games. If you need anything, <laughs> if you need anything, just, uh, you know, come interrupt me then. But if you don't need anything, leave me alone because I need to get this stuff done. So they drug me into a game. They're like, you're going to play a game with us. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, am I loyalist or traitor? And they're like, well, you can be either or. And I'm like, well, if I play, I want to be loyalist. And because uh, I haven't got to play, because I wanted to try, my, I want to play my Blood Angels, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, that's fine." And so I'm like, "All right." So I knew it was going to be a team game, which I like team games, but they get a little out of control, especially here, because you end up with a lot of people and it just drags on. Yeah, and it's like a this was already late point. at night, like because we the way my game nights work, like I just tell people to get here anytime after like three o'clock, and then we just play till the last person leaves. So that was at around five o'clock in the morning or four o'clock, four or five o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning <laughs> wow. is when it ended. So, but anyway, this was already fairly late, like roughly midnight, maybe a little before midnight. And they wanted to start this giant game, 6,000 point game. <laughs> so I was like, like trying to drug me into it. And I was kind of him hauling around about not wanting to do it anyway. So I, we finally get going and they're like, well, we'll roll for deployment. We'll deploy first. And we had another guy that had just gotten off work and he was on his way over so we let them go ahead and deploy, and we're just waiting on him to show up so he can immediately deploy and we can start playing. So 
you know, you're playing a team game, so everybody kind of writes their list individually, and we're not the type, like, I didn't coordinate with my teammates at all. Like, I'm going to take this, so you should take this, and this will work good. Like, we didn't do any of that. Like, we just all wrote our individual lists. So the problem with that is, on their side, they all decided to put quad mortars in their list without talking to each other. So on their side, they had nine quad mortars, seven of which had phosphex. And then they also had two... Three Scorpus Whirlwinds, a Medusa, and then they took Horus, Pedarabo, and an Atropos, and then a bunch of other crap. But then on our side, we only had a single Ward of Lore between the three of us, which was a suborbital Strikeling with two Avengers in it, and we had two Quad Mortars <laughs> and no, no. Scorpus Whirlwinds. No. <laughs> They also had, because Horus has a bombardment, and then they had Pedarabo. He's got a bombardment. So who, we had. Who was like, on the other team? Like, who, who was playing? In the, was it that Scott guy? No, he had already left. We uh, So it was my buddy Chris Mosier. Um, and Mosier's the one that runs the Iron Fire, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. So, like, the bombardments were a plenty. Like, yep. And then Jay, I don't know if you met Jay. He's a tall guy, played the Death Guard Army, the Airbrush Death Guard Army. Right. Yeah. Um, so he had like Phosphex quad mortars and he has the purple Atropos. And then uh Kenneth. Uh I don't remember. Yeah, he was here for the event. He I can't remember which army he played at the event. He because he's got ultramarines and he's got I think he played traitors. I think he played his style or his uh Sons of Horus. I didn't get to play him. Okay. But anyway, you know, all good dudes. It wasn't like they were like, oh, let's just run as many quad, you know, Phosphex quad mortars or whatever. It just so happened that they all wrote their individual list and all had it in it. And they were going first. And we we rolled table quarter deployment. So we're like, we're trying to deploy three armies in this little bitty bullshit square. God. You know what I mean? So it was a mess. So I, I ended up putting like most of my stuff in reserve. So I had like my list was like a Praetor with Blade of Perdition on a bike, um, two units, two full five man squads of assault cannon attack bikes, um, three predators as troops with assault cannon sponsons, um, a full unit of javelins with assault cannons and cyclones, um, a suborbital wing with two Avenger strike fighters in it. And two sniper vet squads and rhinos that have pintle assault cannons. That's that was pretty much what I took. It's like two thousand points. Okay. So um, my other teammate Max was playing Dark Angels, and he had like a command squad of jet bikes, like a big like, and then a car- then a two then a Primus Medica and a uh, Praetor. They were also on jet bike, and they all had the poison upgrade ammo, which is pretty awesome. So he then he had like Ravenwing protocol or whatever. No, nah, I think he was just running a standard list. Okay. Um, then he had uh, a Karen with last cannon sponsons, fire raptor, um, vet squad, two sniper vet squads and rhinos. Um, what else did he have? I think that was really pretty. Oh, and a Leviathan and a dreadnought drop pod. Okay. Nice. And then uh, my buddy Nick is trying to get into he's starting another army yeah another army nick 
you hear me talking to you, you don't even have one fully painted army. Now he's got like five unpainted armies. <laughs> so his night, his night lords are mostly painted. He was the one playing Conrad Kurz at the event. Okay, with that yeah. you came. So um, he's he bought this Imperial Fist army off uh, one of our friends that's trying to get out. He's quitting forty k, thirty k. So he bought all these Imperial Fist stuff. So he uh, had like a machine killer vet squad. Uh, two sniper vet squads, Pollux, a big 10-man cataphracty unit, uh, a bunker with eight last cannon guys in it, two quad mortars and a single battery, a siege breaker, and then the f- the quad mortars had phosphex, and then he had the the, rhin- the Damocles Rhino. I think that was his entire army. Okay. So, anyway, what happened was we saw that they had all these quad mortars or whatever. We know we're going second, so we... Like, I put most of my army in reserve. I think I had... I put my bikes out. My my two units attack bikes. I put my Praetor out there. Uh, Max put his jet bikes out there. We put the bunker out there with the last cannon guys in it. We put the Damocles out. Uh, the Sakaran started on the table. And then Nick put his sniper... One of the sniper vet squads in a Rhino out there. And then pretty much everything else in our army went in reserve. So their army was all that stuff that I said, the knight and all the quad mortars, and then they had a shitload of stuff in Dread Claws, Drop Pods, and Horus dropping in with a giant thing of Just Aaron. They had Typhus with a bunch of Grave Wardens and a Charybdis. They had two Dread Claws that each had Machine Killer Vets with Beltas in them. Um, had a couple Javelins. Had a bunch of Sniper Vets all outflanking. Uh, so like a lot of their army was in reserve too. So anyway, I was teasing them cause I was like, Oh, you're taking nine quad mortars. I see. And seven of them have phosphex. And they're like, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, we all done. We all set up. And they're like, yeah. And I, I literally said six as I threw this dice <laughs> and it comes up at six for seize the initiative. And then I just like walk off. Like I didn't like act surprised. I didn't whatever. And everybody else is all acting surprised and shit. And I was like, well, are you kidding me? I'm like, there's this thing called karma. Like, you can't have that many Phosphex quad mortars and not get seized on. Like, that's just how shit works. <laughs> <laughs> the Warhammer gods don't want to see that. So here. Yeah. So um, it actually, I don't know. I would have honestly liked to play it out without that happening. Like, go back and do it again. Because it ended up being really lopsided in our favor because of that. So I just want to go. So we had two quad mortars with Phosphex. And they had seven with Phosphex plus another two. So the seven that had the Phosphex because of the, we're playing table quarters and because they're only 36-inch range, they kind of have to deploy them closer to the center of the board to get good board coverage. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get you. So there's one building that's right on the corner of the deployment zone that because the, they got to pick the deployment. And it's like if you took a sheet of notebook paper, it's about that size. And they put all seven of the Phosphax quad mortars in there and spaced them out as good as they could. And there's multiple levels. Which is like, essentially, it's like, it's like mid, it's closer to mid table, like the middle of the table. So they can get like board coverage all around, like get their full. Right. Right. Because it's only 36 inch range on the Phosphax ones. And they thought they were going first. And what's, what table size are y'all playing on? Six by four or? Six by four. Oh shit. Okay. So yeah, they did have full coverage at that point. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So just to show you how silly Phosphex is, so our two Phosphex quad mortars fires into their seven, and we kill four, including the we kill four guns and their crew with two 
Phosphex quad mortars. Right on. <laughs> I mean, that's shitty, but like right on. So <laughs> out of the seven in that building, seven quad mortars and 14, or so it'd be seven quad mortars and 14 crew members. We killed um, seven crew members and four and four of the guns. Yeah. Because they had five crew members left. They had five crew members left and three guns after we fired one unit of Phosphex at them. So that's how silly Phosphex quad mortars can be. <laughs> so we did that, and then we dropped the uh, orbital bombardment from the Damocles in there because they had a Scorpus in there too, and it hurt It hurt the Scorpus, stunned it, and then killed a couple more guys. And then I, I rolled up with my... Uh, assault cannon squadron on attack bikes and killed one dude <laughs> one so like i don't it's just funny because we were talking about that like the assault cannon thing the other day so i ripped that whole squad into quad mortars like so basically quad mortars you basically what i'm getting at is you have to have the tools to deal with them which is the, shoot, the tool is other quad mortars like, other <laughs> quad mortars with phosphex or a scorpus whirlwind or like sniper vets deep shirt, like different things we've went over this a million times on how to do it got a quad mortar problem answer is more quad so, mortars <laughs> <laughs> so my other bike squadron i just like drove turbo boosted whatever the um oh that was the other thing we shot at him we shot into one of the units with um the poison rounds on the uh the jet bikes, he rolled He rolled his random AP and got AP1 or AP2 and ripped those into there. Now they were getting four up cover, but he, you know, he killed some more. So he killed down their uh, quad mortars pretty good, and they were only left with three. And then they had two more in another location that didn't have phosphex. So out of their nine quad mortars, we got them down to five. But we killed most of the phosphex ones, which was good. Um, so then on their turn, you know, they get all their drop pods and shit in like that. So a uh, machine killer vet squad came in. Typhon came in. It with the uh, grave wardens and the Charybdis. Um, one of them was playing Petarabo, so he got Petarabo and a, a Terminator squad he was attached to, and then another Terminator squad with Meltas in. Oh, my buddy Nick had a Dorado. The Imperial Fist guy had a Dorado. So they came in, blew up the Dorado with machine killer vets, and then came in and blew up Nick's Rhino with the sniper vets in it. The Sakaran died to something. I wasn't paying attention, but it died. We put a couple... On our turn, we'd put a couple hole points on the knight, too. We'd shot at it, but it didn't. Yeah, we shot a Sakaran and an entire bunker of tank hunting glass cannons at Jay's knight and did two hole points to it. Mm. So, uh, it it moved up. It didn't really... His knight didn't really do a whole lot. Um, I think it may have killed the Sakaran. I don't know. but the, So, the Sakaran died. The Rhino died. Dorado died. Um, then they shot their phosphex at our phosphex, killed our phosphex mortars. Um, so they, those all died. That was pretty much it. So it, the problem was on our next turn, we got all our reserves in. So I had my two sniper vet squads came in. Two of my three predators just drove in from our board edge. Um, and my planes came in. And then you, the fire you, wrapper. Did you outflank your sniper vets? Or Yes. Okay. Yep. yep. So my sniper vets outflanked. My planes came in from my board edge. My two predators came in from my board edge. The fire raptor came in from the dark angel guy. His two sniper vet squads came in from the board edges. And Nick had his cataphracty deep struck in and Pollux and 
a big unit of sniper vets also deep struck in. So, so the sniper vets deep struck in and shot more quad mortars. Um, all the sniper vets that came in from outflank. Oh, the when the when the um, Leviathan came in in the drop pod turn one, it, it blew up uh, the Medusa. So the Leviathan, it came out of its pod on turn two, and I forget what it did. It shot something. Maybe quad mortars. There was more quad. There were so many fucking quad mortars. So turn two, we we finished off most of the quad mortars in the one in the one building that had the phosphex. Um, the big thing was, uh, the dark angel jet bikes and my attack bike squad with my Praetor attached shot into all the grave wardens and then assaulted into the grave wardens and like basically murdered that entire squad where all that was left was like Typhon and like a Primus Medicaid with one wound left. Wow. And then they broke, then they broke and fled and, uh, we didn't catch him because he rolled a six on his oh. you know, sweeping whatever, but they couldn't really go anywhere. And it was just tight. Typhon had one wound left and the primus medic had one wound left. Um, what else did we do when my planes, when the planes came on, like the fire Raptor and the two Avengers just shot the night and fucking nuked it, blew nice. it up. That was with the, the uh, Kraken penetrators and the kinetic piercers or, Oh no, Avenger. So just cracking so, penetrators all around. Well, I fired. I fired. One Avenger fired at something else. I fired one Avenger at Pedarabo and his unit, and then I fired the other Avenger at the night. And the the my Avenger did like three more hole points, so it had two left because it has seven on an Atropos. And then um, the Fire Raptor fired its uh, one shot missiles into into it the hell strikes and then finished it off hmm, okay and then my third avenger fired into pedarabo and his unit and then my uh predators that rolled in from that side also fired into pedarabo and his unit and then the terminators that had deep struck with the combi bolters also fired into pedarabo and his unit and he had assault cannons in there too because they're imperial fist terminators and those so we hell kill- strikes are eight two sunder right so like the atropos would have with front armor 13 his side shot at the side. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, damn, I was like, that's like really like vision yeah, for He six. just did two hole points to okay. it in the side. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. All right. And the shield was in the rear to protect it because I came in where I got the rear. Damn. Cause he because he started table quarters, so he turned it at a ninety degree angle. But the our full, board is stable. So I came in from the full the far corner and was in the rear with my Avenger, and then the fire raptor came straight on, was in its side. Huh, okay. And then we had the last cannons in the front if it that didn't kill it. So we basically ripped uh yeah. So anyway, that that died. So we killed almost all their stuff turn 2. It got really ugly. It started getting really ugly because we killed the knight. Uh we but all the shooting at Pedarabo's unit killed the entire unit except one terminator and put Pedarabo on two three wounds left i think or one two or three wounds left um so they went again uh they got most of their reserves so they had two outflanking reaver squads come in they had a deep striking another deep striking terminator squad come in another machine vet squad came in 
I mean, just, you know, whatever. And then, uh, because we had started really diminishing their firepower, they couldn't kill a whole lot. Uh, they had a sniper vet, uh, death guard squad with like a bunch of flamers in and it rolled in and flamed one of my, uh, blood angel sniper squads that had just come in, got rid of it. <laughs> oh, the squad that they just killed, that was a funny thing. So I had a 10-man sniper squad roll in from outflank. So the he had those uh, five Terminators come in and shoot the Dorado with combi melters and kill it. And then on our turn, I came in right beside those guys with sniper vets and got out and rapid-fired at them and killed all five Cataphracti with a single sniper vet squad rapid-firing bolt guns at them. Perfect. Yeah. I did five. I did four RINs or four AP2 wounds and like five normal wounds and he failed all four four ups so got him. four guys went and then the other guy then the other guy failed an armor save dude it's, it's such a good unit man just like everything you can do with with marks just rending like it's just well it's ap2 it's not yeah yeah, yeah. Right, i guess so yeah we always say rending but it's deceiving because it doesn't work on vehicles with the extra d3 yeah so but anyway, those guys came in, killed the Terminators, and then the Death Guard guys were like, oh, I hear you like Outflank. Well, let's put Outflank on your Outflank. And then they came in right behind them. <laughs> we were behind and, you the whole time. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of funny because there's all these like stacking reserves. It's like Terminators deep struck, killed something. Then guys came in from Outflank, killed them. And then guys came in from Outflank behind them and killed them. <laughs> it's like you think about like how the game works. It's like they were like stalking them the entire time like as they were off the right. table edge. In the so lava. It's t- on their turn, Typhon rallied, but you know, obviously can't do anything. He stands around with his thumb in his ass. The Reavers come in, Horus and all of them come in. Uh, Petarabo charged the Leviathan, killed it in close combat. Um, that was really pretty much it. And then uh, we knew it was pretty much over at that point. Then on our turn, my third Predator and um, the uh, Javelins finally come in. The Javelins absolutely smoked. Uh, one of the Scorpus whirlwinds that was left. One of my Avengers killed the other Scorpus whirlwind that was left. Uh, my other Predator that just came in smoked Typhon. Just unloaded a Predator into him with the two assault cannons and the auto cannon and shot him off the table. Nice. Um, finally finished off. <laughs> yeah. Finally finished off all the quad mortars. Uh, my bike squad promptly turned around after killing after messing up uh typhon but not finishing him off turned around and shot into and then assaulted one of the reaver squads that just outflanked in the blade of perdition so i killed like half of them with assault cannons and then the blade of perdition killed the other half before the other guys even got a fight um my other sniper vet squad that had come in from the other side shot at Pedarabo after he'd killed the dorado and finished him off so my two sniper vet squads claimed an entire cataphracty team and Pedarabo that game, which was pretty slick. Um, that was pretty much it. So at that point, all they really had was some Horus and some Just Aaron that had come in, and they had a few Dread Claws, and the Charybdis was still flying around. They had one machine killer vet left, two more machine killer vets left, tied up with a much bigger vet squad that eventually killed them. A rhino with a multi melt on it. I think they still had a single quad mortar, and then a squad of reavers. That was all they had left, and I, I still had. A, we still had a, pretty much our entire army. Plus, we it was Dominion was the mission, 
so we we had finally got on all their scoring units and killed them off one half the board where we were going to start scoring a bunch of Dominion points. And it was getting super late, so we essentially called it. Gotcha. So y'all ended up just handling it. I mean, Horace by himself could have done... Well, he was all the way on that one end because we basically... Because of all the outflank and fast stuff we had, we were able to get into their deployment zone. So he was all the way on this other end of the board. There was no way... The way they placed the Dominion objectives, because you place the objectives before you choose deployment zones, and right. they can't be in your deployment. I basically try to always place them where they're just outside of a deployment zone. Yeah, then so that you can start essentially right on top of them. So the just the way the objectives were placed, the central objective and the other three were all on our end. So they really only had one on their end, and so we were able to. Uh, where Horace had deep struck, you know, it was going into their turn three. He just wouldn't have, you know, over the course of the game, just wasn't going to have that big of an impact. Yeah, I think, uh, like, whenever I set up uh, objectives, like, I kind of mirror whatever the other person's doing. That's kind of, like, how my, my thing is. Like, that way, no matter what side of the table edge... I pick it's like it's always going to be pretty much even right they had they'd put some pretty tough units in our deployment zone with deep strike and all that shit like they had that big unit of grave wardens um i'm surprised that went so fast to be honest with you like, well we shot it with so it got shot with a five-man assault cannon attack bike squad a like seven poison round dark angel bikes um shot with the last cannons in the bunker the eight last cannons in the bunker oh okay <laughs> yeah, and then um, I think that was it. And then we assaulted in, and they take all the hammer of wrath from the all the bikes, and then uh, the blade of perdition fights the uh, praetor with the paragon blade fights, and then all of his dark angel bikes just have power swords, and then all my guys have chain swords, and then you got to remember that they all fight at initiative one. So we killed all of the actual Grave Wardens before they actually even got to fight. And then Typhon was in a challenge with my Praetor. Who was perditioning the the fuck out of him or what? Right. And then, um, so I got him down to one wound and then he fought back and did like two wounds to me, but I made my save so I didn't take anything. And then um, the Primus Medicaid that he had didn't, he just had like a power weapon and the uh, Siege Breaker that was in the unit I think had a power axe and uh, they just, you know, it's like six attacks. I, you know, we, I think he hit like three or something like that. And then they're all bikes. So they're all tough five. So he didn't even really do that many wounds. And like my attack bikes are all two wound models. So I think he put like one wound on an attack bike or something. Hmm. That's not bad. I mean, it. I dig it. I like it. When he came in with the Grave Wardens, he shot all those like poison small blast markers, and he thought he was really going to do something. But the problem is, attack bikes. So I have them on. Yeah. I have them on monstrous creature bases, and then the jet bikes are on monster size, monstrous creatures sixty millimeter flight bases. So you'll only and you ever space get them all one. Apart, so you're getting one, and then he's got scattering in there, and then he shot them at the Dark Angel bikes, which are two plus armor save. On top of that, yeah. And then he was had his praetor, he had his praetor out front, 
and then he has, and he also has a Primus Medicaid and they would feel no pain. So they came in and shot all their shit and didn't really do much to the bikes. What about, um, you mentioned your, your, I guess one of your people had taken, um, an eight man last cannon squad inside of bunker. Yeah. How does that, how does that roll? Like, I mean, I've heard of other people and other metas taking that. I've just never played against it, played with it. Like it's, I don't, solid. I, I personally, I personally don't like it. I think you should take a void shield generator because you can only shoot out of a 45 degree slot in the front of the bunker. Okay. So it's too easy for somebody like the one guy dropped in. Now, granted he had, he shot at the Dorado instead, but where he did deep struck his terminators, they had like three, three combi melts in it. And he landed right behind the bunker and the Dorado. So neither one could intercept because they both have just arcs to the front. And he chose to shoot the Dorado and killed it. So I don't think it's that great because you can deep strike around it or outflank whatever and they can't do shit because all you have to do is not land that arc to the front. Right. And it's not that hard to kill. It's just an Armor 14 building, but you know you can't buy Armored Ceramite or anything for it. So just a couple Melt-A-Guns will take it out. So you'd rather go with the Void Chill Generator? What's the yes, price because difference? You- between they're roughly the same the bunker's 80 points and then you buy usually people buy the ammo dump which allows them to reroll ones to hit gotcha what's going on because what's the strategy usually is you take uh somebody with a cognosignum to raise their bs to five so they only miss on ones and then you take the ammo dump so they get to reroll ones okay so they almost always hit and then with imperial fist they're tank hunter okay my whole thing is you do all that, but you put them under a void shield so they have 360-degree fill of fire. Can you upgrade the void shield generator with the ammo dump and all that, Jazz? Or? No. No. Basically, you won't get the rerolls to one. That's it. Okay. But I like the, the void shield generator has battlements, quote-unquote, so if you're on it, you get a four-up cover save anyway. And then the fact that you have a 360-degree fill of fire, I just think it's better. Yeah, four up cover save with a battlement, and then you do night fight. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty solid, pretty brutal. But the they weren't that impressed. Like I said, they shot at the night turn one, put two old points on it. Turn two, they shot at Typhon and his big unit. I think maybe killed two Grey Wardens, something like that. See, like that in my head, eight last cannons. Like that sounds like an answer for an Atropos. And then you tell me it only takes off like. Well, you got to think he's obviously going to pick the shield to the front, so they go down to strength eight, and they're yeah. shooting an armor thirteen. Thirty-five. So you you need fives to glance, six to pin, and then and he gets a tank four. hunter. Right. Yeah, yeah. Man, dude. But you have to roll to hit. All of them. You got to remember. Much. Well, he didn't. He didn't do the the plus one ballistic skill. Oh, he didn't okay. Thing. So he's he's only hitting on fours. So you figure a third of those hit. Fours on threes. Or sorry, he's hitting on threes. Sorry, okay. my bad. Yeah, you're good. Um, so he's shooting eight. You hit with five or six of them, and then you need fives or six to do whole points, and then he gets to re-roll, and then it gets four up in vulnerable saves. So like four go through. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense mathematically. Yeah, that makes sense. It just sounds like a cool unit, man. Like that's what Michael does, right? Michael runs his imperial. Yeah. yeah. He puts them in a bunker. I, I personally, like I said, well, for one, that's the other thing. So if you put them in a bunker, only eight can fire out. If you do a void shield generator, you can take a full 10-man squad and they can all fire out. 
Is that a rule? Is that part of the bunker rules? It's like only eight can fire out of it or? So a fire point, only two models can fire out of the wall of martyrs bunker. The one that people take that's 80 points has a special rule called extra wide firing slits where four cur- four can fire out per firing slit and there's two firing slits in it. Okay. Where a void shield generator is just a thing you plop down and it has this bubble of protection, but you still fire 360 degrees, all that stuff. So I like the void shield because it's 360. You can fire as many models out from underneath of it as you want. Um, I just like it. Yeah, I could see. I could see where. Eh. Because you got to crack open the bunker before you can start shooting the actual Imperial Fist unit, right? Yeah, but you'd have to take down all three void shields before you could shoot them with a void shield generator. It's kind of the same idea. Yeah. It's not as resilient, but there's not a hard... So I guess what I'm saying is, because you're going to always have that augury scanner in there because the sergeant can buy it. Right. But with, I would much rather have the 360-degree field of fire and being able to fire more guys than be locked into this easily counterable 45-degree fire. Yeah. I see, yeah. No, I, I see. I see the benefits of both, but I can see where the void shield would come out on top. If you play against really crappy players that don't know like rules or tactics, then yeah, the bunker's better. If you play against <laughs> anybody that plays the game that actually like knows how shit works and knows the rules of the game, they're just going to go, "Oh, well, this can only shoot in this arc." Okay, cool. I just won't be in that arc. <laughs> I talk about arcs all the time. Whenever I'm like trying to help somebody, like coach them, like, hey, like. Check out this firing arc. Like, I won't even go into it. Like on my on my last few games, but anyway. So I mean, it, it was a pretty fun game. I was a little salty when I first saw their list with the nine fucking quad mortars in it and the three wait nine quad mortars and th- three Scorpus whirlwinds yeah. and the Medusa and the Atropos and the other two Lords of War. And you're running a pretty infantry heavy list. <laughs> kind of like no, I wouldn't say we're infantry heavy. We were about 50-50 mix of things with toughness value, you know, in tanks. Most of we don't ever run anything on foot here. If it like if it's out of a vehicle, it's cuz it's a bike. <laughs> we just know better. We just can't. I mean, that shit will die with a quickness. So, did you play any games? Uh, no, I tried to get a game this weekend, but nobody wanted to play. Want 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 yeah, I couldn't get one in this weekend. I really wanted to, like, I had like a free weekend, free couple of days, just do whatever. And so I posted up on the Victoria War Gamers. I was like, hey, anybody want to get a game in? Even if you're new, like, I'll play some Zone Mortalis. If you just got a Prospero box you want to throw out there, nobody, nobody answered the call. Oh. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll just go fuck myself. So, well, could have played here. Move a little closer. Move a little closer. If it was only, I'm telling you, if it was like a three hour drive, I would have been there. Actually, if it was a four-hour drive, I would have been there. I would have left at like five in the morning, been there at nine in the morning. There you go. Play all day long. <laughs> but instead, it's like a 20-hour drive. Yep, that it is indeed. <laughs> all right. So we got this Blood Angels list we got to go over here. Let me go ahead. Pull Let me quit working on these down. heads. I'm going to finish this head while you read this email in a hurry, and then I can... And what was Blood Angels? 
Uh, it's from Samuel Pedro. Mr. Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Yeah, the 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 chumps. He called us chumps. Yep, that one. All right. So this comes from Mr. Samuel Pedro. He says, love the podcast, guys. Been listening since episode one. I grew up about 15 minutes from Martinsville in Bloomington. Unfortunately, I moved just before getting into 30K to North Carolina. Ooh, that's, that's Spiky Bits area, isn't it? The, yeah, but think about that. He lived in Bloomington. He could have been playing with us. Man, dude, you could have been up here playing with us. Away from 30K Mecca to 40K Mecca. <laughs> the scene is scarce, but with Prospero Box, we are starting to get a small group together of 30K players. So here's the meat of it. <laughs> nice. I want to run some Blood Angels Armored Breakthrough. Oh, you asking the right guy. I used to play Tank Heavy Flesh Terrace back before Tau Cancer ripped through 40K. <laughs> That's... Uh, I want to avoid bikes. I like the idea of a mechanized force of infantry and tank. So here's what I was looking at for 2,000 points. The format may be shit, but your pair of studs ought to be able to handle it. For one, thank you. <laughs> the HQ choice is a Centurion with the Delegatus. He's got Artificer Armor, Refractor Field, Blade of Perdition. He's 105 points. He's built and painted. He took a Centurion Chaplain, Artificer Armor, Hand Flamer, Power Weapon, 110 points, built but replaceable. That's cool, Hand Flamer. He took four Predators, uh, two twin-linked assault cannons each, two with regular cannon. All have assault cannon pencils and sponsons. All are one tank per squadron, total points 480. Got one tank started. He took a Tactical Squad with Extra Close Combat Weapon, Rhino, Pencil Assault Cannon, 195 points. A support squad, extra close combat weapon, Melta guns, Rhino, pencil salt cannon. A Terminator squad, which is a pair of lightning claws, three chain fists, laminator phobos, pencil salt cannon, armored ceramite. A veteran tax squad with sergeant and artificer armor, flamer, mass, weapon masters, Rhino, and assault cannon. And a Xiphon interceptor, armored cockpit, chaff launchers, ground tracking auguries. Let me see here real quick. One, two, three, four. They've got rhinos. Do did dedicated transports not count towards the number of tanks? Nope. Okay. Nope. So so he's good. He's his list is legal. Okay. So the idea is that the HQ would either roll with the supporter vet squad, depending on the matchup, but likely the vets. The tanks are going to sprint around, shooting all over the place. Comrade, if air is bu- of bullets, enemy can't breathe. Oh, comrade, is air of- if air is made of bullets, the enemy can't breathe. Yeah, that makes sense. The attack squad is there to hold down those pesky backfield objectives. The support squad of Meltas will roll up, pop out, and unload all five Meltas in the back of those Spartans. It doesn't even have to be in the back of the Spartan. It can be in the side of a Spartan if you want. Yep. Hopefully they get that close. The Terminators are there to hopefully draw that Spartan fire away from the Meltas. If they get onto any Super Heavy, they should have enough Chain Fist to bring it down. That's very true. The Vets are my stand kind of... The Vets are my stand kind of close combat reserve. The vets standard. Are, standard, probably. The Vets are my standard... Okay, so you just put standard. Okay. The Vets are my standard kind of my close combat reverse. They will reposition as needed to hopefully counter charge or cause the enemy to reconsider to charge. 
The siphon is already built because I love the model, even if it I did a ship job painting it, and it's a solid AA choice. That it is. And if the enemy doesn't have air, I should be able to pop some transports. Yeah, yep. it's good. It's It'll good at doing both of those. At least he knows. Like at least he knows what it's good at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, feel free to change my list up, Ryan. What you did for what you did use? What did you use for the pinnel? and Sponson Mountain Assault Cannons. I've been eyeing some stuff over at Puppets War. I also build 3D printers for a living, so if anyone knows how to do some 3D modeling, I could print some out. I've never attempted any 3D printing, actually. So you build them, but you never... 3D. I know a guy, Samuel, if you send me a message on Facebook, then like I got a guy you need to talk to because he also builds 3D printers, and he's a great 3D modeler. Just hit me up. I'll, I'll hook y'all up. I want to stick with my plastics. My experience is with the Xiphon, which is an easy model, has convinced me that I should stay away from resin. I'll use upgrade kits, and that's about it. If the Xiphon has to come out, fine. I got some basic Kalth Marines built, and I'm primarily working out of a Kalth box. Where can I find pictures of your display boards and armies? I have found stuff from Michael, but not yours, Ryan. Below, I'll link some photos I got. My Xiphon, I got in a rush to finish it, and now I keep it on my desk to shame me. The angels take flight. <laughs> This was my 500 points for Funger, but I have given up on the campaign. Okay. So he was part of the the Escalation campaign, the Thunger, yep. Thunger Escalation campaign. And, and he, then he, he sent us some pictures. Some sweet-ass pictures. I'll post these up. Uh, here <laughs> he says, here are some shitty pictures of my Praetor. He's built on Ultramarine's Herald model. I really like it came out, even if he stands on it. Oh, he stands like a head over my other Kalth Marines. Forget my shitty photos. My phone camera has started to go. Captain Dominic Russell. So I will get these posted up in the picture dump. Oh, no. But looking good. I like it. I want to see that siphon most of all. I don't see any. Bummer. All right. So there's he asked us several questions here. So as far as uh, pictures for my stuff, it's on that. What's that heresy online forums? Is that where they're at? Yeah, the um, um, Heresy 30K yeah. dot forum. Yeah, so what I'll do, I'll, I'll go find them, and I'll send Michael some links, and he can post them up on the Facebook, and then you can just, uh, what's up? What are you laughing at? <laughs> oh, my buddy Scott. Yeah, yeah. Eyes wide shut. <laughs> we were just talking about those uh, sorcerers we were just talking about not that far ago. My buddy Scott just sent me a message with that, because Michael was talking about that bird face. That we were just and my buddy Scott just seen it and he sent us a picture of the bird face guy and it says he looks like he's ready for an eyes eyed wide shut orgy. <laughs> <laughs> at least that dude with like the big beaky head, like at least like Space Marines have like reinforced necks because you know that dude's neck is hurting all the time <laughs> with all that weight like hanging three feet out in front of him. So anyway, I'll I'll, uh, I'll send Michael these links to the, my Word Bears and my Blood Angels. I have pretty much pics of almost all my models on there, except the ones I've just recently currently done. And uh, that way he can post them up on our Facebook, and you can just follow those links. Um, I think on our Facebook page, most of my tables from our event and a lot of my terrains on there, he can see all that on there. And then as we do paint models and we go over hobby progress, I typically send pictures to Michael, and he posts them up on our Facebook I'll uh, so. I'll make a separate album for your word bearers and your blood angels so people can just see them. And then you're you're on the Heresy 30K forums, the heresy30k.envisionzone.com. Yeah, I'm going to go there right now and I'll send you a uh, link 
to my because I got two albums on there with almost all my models on there. I'll make it just for you, Mr. Samuel. But anyway, on to his list. So we'll take care of that. So basically what I did, I, I basically keep the core of the list. There was a few things I changed. So for one, he had pinnel-mounted assault cannons on his troop predators, which I'm not sure is legal. That's one of those things that it says that they can't be further upgraded other than sponsons in Armored Breakthrough. So, does that make sense? Like, I don't know that yeah. you can put pinnel weapons on them. Yeah, it's kind of a gray area because shouldn't be able to. There's a debate as to whether they mean you can't upgrade the turret to what are the other turret choices, or you can't upgrade them at all. I take it to mean you can't put any more guns on it. Like, I don't think anybody's going to bitch if you put a dozer blade on it. I don't think it means that, but I don't think it think it's a gray area to start putting pinnel weapons on it. Right. So I stay away from it. Um, I'm not saying it's illegal. I don't know. It's something that probably needs to be FAQ'd, but it is what it is. So I personally don't do it. None of mine have pinnel weapons unless I take them as a, something that's not a troop. Uh, the other thing was you have a Land Raider Phobos in your list and you put a pinnel assault cannon on it. I think it's a waste because... Land Raider, it already has three guns on it. It's got the twin-linked heavy bolter and then the uh, two twin-linked LAS cannons. But if you move it at all, it can only fire one and then use Power of the Sheen Spirit to fire the other one, and you're already snap-firing the third weapon. So why would you want to pay points for a whole other weapon that's also going to have to snap-fire? And really, there shouldn't be any reason. If you're trying to fish for wrens, uh, unless you're firing against light vehicles, which is going to be rare... Then w- it's just you- not worth the points. I don't think you're gonna ever. It's not ever gonna be really worth the extra fifteen points to do that, unless you're trying to glance something out, eh. which is like a very specific reason to take an assault cannon versus a last cannon. Yeah, I don't know. I just I'm not a fan. And then he's got a uh, he's got terminators in it, and the terminators don't have an assault cannon. So why wouldn't you spend the fifteen points to put the assault cannon on the terminator inside of the land raider as opposed to on the pinnel? Gotcha. So that's kind of the way I look at it. So, like in his list, if he wanted to actually just run his list, uh, like without really even changing anything, all I would do is drop the uh, the pinnel assault cannons on the predators, which gives you uh, forty five points, and then get rid of the assault cannon on the uh, lanterator and put it on the pred- the terminator squad that's actually um, inside. And what else? Oh, and then um, he's got a tactical support squad with all uh, melted guns on it. You're way better off just to take those exact same guys and make a machine killer vets. Um, and give one guy a melted gun and the other guy's combi melters because you're typically only going to get out, use them once, and then they're going to die anyway. So you can do the machine killer vets and they're more effective at their job, um, plus they're cheaper. They're less points. So... Does that make sense? No. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, I rewrote his list, like actually rewrote a totally different list. He can basically just take the advice I just gave him if he wants to really stick close to what he's got. But I re- kind of rewrote his list. So I took a Delegatus with Artificer Armor, Bladed Perdition, and Refractor Field, which is the same model that he already has. Then I took uh, three, three individual Predator Squadrons. So the first one is just a Predator with Assault Cannon Sponsons. 
The second one is a Predator with Assault Cannon Sponsons, and the third one is a Predator with Last Cannon Sponsons. I found it's good to mix in the Last Cannon Sponson ones just so you have that backfield unit to score because those Assault Cannons only shoot 24, so the Last Cannon one you can keep back, and it all it's going to shoot 48. Plus, it just gives you a little more anti-tank in the list because I don't think those Assault Cannons are very reliable for that. Right. Um. So the five Terminators, I basically just re- rearmed them. So the Sergeant has a Power Fist. Um, then two normal guys have a p- two Power Fist. And then the other two guys have Chain Fist. And then one guy has an Assault Cannon. Um, the Land Raider Phobos, I upgraded to have uh, the dedicated Phobos to those Terminators. I upgraded to have a Dozer Blade Armored Ceramite. Um, I got rid of the... Uh, support team with the Melta guns and instead took a seven man uh, machine killer veteran squad. Um, five of them have combi Meltas and one of them has a Melta gun. And then the Sergeant also has the Sergeant has an Inferno pistol and they're in a Rhino with a assault cannon on it. Then I took another 10 uh, sniper vets and uh, there's two flamers in the unit. And they all have melt bombs and they're also in a rhino with an assault cannon. And then I took another identical squad. So it's 20 sniper vets uh, and they have flamers for their special weapons and they all have melt bombs and they're both in rhinos with assault cannons. And then for, and then I kept a Xiphon um, in there and I dropped some of the war gear. It's just a Xiphon with ground tracking. I didn't put the armored cockpit and all that other stuff on there. And then um, I took a Scorpus Whirlwind. So, this list here, I like it because it's got the three Predators, those all score, the Terminator score, and then all the Vets score. So, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven scoring units. Beautiful. At 2,000 points. Seven and then, mobile scoring units, too. Right. So, his original list, if you look at it, he's got standard tactical Marines in it. So, I basically essentially just swapped those for Sniper Vets. And then his su- support squad, I swapped that for... Still the same job, but they're going to do it better with the um, machine killer vets. And then I kept his other vet squad, so he still has those. And then the Terminator squad is equipped better. Um, the Land Raiders equipped better. I basically, instead of having four Predators, I only did three, and then swapped the fourth one for the Scorpus just to give the list a little more variety. And I didn't feel like you needed the scoring, and it's still going to do kind of what the Predator does, but gives you something to take out quad mortars and stuff. Turn one. Um, that's pretty much it. Basically just made some tweaks on his idea. Um, I stuck with all the plastic kits like he wanted, except for the Scorpus Whirlwind. But if he wanted to stay plastic, you could go buy a plastic Whirlwind kit and just, um, do a conversion on it to make the missile launcher look different. Um, the actual Scorpus model, it's just an upgrade kit to a standard plastic Rhino. It's not that. Right. It's one of the easier, uh, resin kits. I'm kind of worried about the the Xiphon because he doesn't have like a lot of long range anti tank. He's got the three. I mean, it depends on what you consider like what like armor fourteen. Um, like not not really, but I mean anything that's like thirteen or down. He's got the three Predator cannons. He's got the the. Phobos. The Phobos, he's got the last cannons on the other Predator. He can glance it with the Scorpus because it hits side armor. He's got um, the Machine Killer Vets 
that can roll up in a rhino. Then he's got the outflanking guys with all the melt bombs. Well, I'm thinking um, like like first turn. I guess like first and yeah, just first turn taking care of like Mortis or Daredeos or anything like that because he's only got one Zyphon, so it's like fuck. It's not a strong unit, so. I don't know. I left it and he seemed to like it. No, I like it. I just, just if you're going to play the list, make sure that you're using your last cannons to handle Daredeos across the field or Mortis Dragons <laughs> across the field. or Well, and like we just talked about, they only have a 45-degree arc of fire when they're trying to intercept, so just come in not in that arc. <laughs> Unless they also know that and they deploy in a corner. Yeah, but even then, it's it's one of those things. You can usually find a place where they can't get you. I'm not really ever worried about a mortis because most people take the carries and it's only 24 inch range. So not only is it locked into an arc, it's also very short. Yeah. So the Zyphon will outrange it. So like you said, the, really the Daredeo is the biggest issue. But I used to run a Zyphon all the time, and Daredeos are really good at killing Zyphons. Yeah. And then once you jink, it's like, what's the point? <laughs> it does have a three up jink save, so it is pretty hard to kill. Yeah, it's agile or whatever. But it's like. I jinked. Well, this is useless now. And now this Daredeo is just going to like hang me like a fish the entire time. I guess I, the way I look at it, I mean, it's only 2,000 points. I mean, if they take a Daredeo, they've spent more points on the Daredeo with the missile launcher than he has on the Siphon. So it's not that bad. Just pop it. Make sure you pop it before you bring up. Yeah, try to, try to get it with all the last cannons. He's got a decent amount in there. And then with all the... Uh, I mean, he should be all right. It's a pretty solid list. I like it. I like Predators. And you've got a lot of Predators. I dig it. Take a picture, man. Send us some pictures of your work-in-progress Predators. Send it to us. I always like to see Blood Angel vehicles. I like to see yeah. all vehicles. but. And I already sent him a copy of this list. He's already replied, so he's gotten it. So he can basically just go over on how to use it. We've talked about we've talked several times. If he's he said he's listened since episode one, so he's heard us talk about this style of list a lot. Episode one listener, we should send him something. Like we used to live here. A lock of hair. Did you ever know him when he lived there? Or no. Nope. That's nuts. I'd be I'd be insane if I saw like a a message from somebody from Victoria. I'd be like, what? How did I not know you? <laughs> we could have been best friends. Okay. So next thing on the list is Solar Auxilla. Oh, real quick, going back. Don't be scared of resin, man. It's really not that bad. Nah. You can't be scared of resin. You can't play 30K and be scared of resin. <laughs> It'll be all right. I'm not worried about him. Especially if the only thing he's really working on is that whirlwind. Yeah. So next thing up, is this from Fergus? Yep. All right. Next on the list is a 2,500-point Solar Auxilla list. This comes from Mr. Fergus Shaw. He says, I'm new to Solar Auxilla. This is a list I'm planning on building, too. I'm especially in the need of assistance, as this is my first 30K army. Any help would be fantastic. At the moment, I have a Battle Cannon Malkador, two Velatara squads, and the Dracosans, as well as a Command Squad with a Legate and Lord Mar- slash Lord Marshal. 
So I have a large number amount to purchase anyway. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to change what to get. So his army's name is the Orphans of Dusk. It's a solar auxiliary army with the HQ has an auxiliary tactical. Command hang on, center. hang on. It's twenty five hundred points. Yeah. Okay. Twenty five hundred points. He's got an auxiliary tactical command section, another auxiliary tactical command section, a auxiliary infantry ter- tertio with Veltaris storm section inside of a Dracozen armored transport that has armored ceramite and the demolisher cannon upgrade, a another auxiliary infantry tertio with Veltaris storm section, Dracozen armored transport, armored ceramite, and demolisher cannon. So those are his two troops. And in the elites, he has... <laughs> Auxilla rapier battery with three quad mortars. Another auxilla rapier battery with three quad mortars. An auxiliary thunderbolt, thunderbolt heavy heavy fighter in his fast attack. He has an auxiliary artillery tank battery in his heavy support, and that has a two medusas. I'm guessing it just it it's yeah. Made it looks weird, like it's two medusas. Yeah, yeah. Then he took an auxilia, auxilia Lehman Russ Assault Squadron, which is two Lehman Russ Executioners. He took an Auxilla Malkador and Furnace Special Weapons Tank with Armored Ceramite and Chemical Ammunition. Fuck that thing. Then he took a Fortification Aegis Defense Line with the Ammunition Dump, which I'm guessing, yeah. I can already tell what he's going to use that for. Quad Mortars. Yep. Basically, the whole list, apart from the Dracozin Russes and the Infernus, stay behind the wall with the mortar teams using the ammo dump being signumed by the command squad. So they fire shatter shells hitting on threes, re-rolling ones, and re-rolling to pin asunder. And the command squads are f- there for signums and their strike for turn one if the mortars or medusas are out of range or desperately need AP2 pie plates. Yep, because they have bombardments. Yeah, the... Uh, yeah, the Thunderbolt uses its kinetic missiles to pseudo lightning uh, to be a pseudo lightning that can still use its auto cannons and last cannons when it uses the missiles, so it doesn't just fire its middle and then do nothing. The Velitaris and Dracozins are a to be big, dangerous pain train that the enemy has to fire at, and with the number of hole points in the in the they with the number of hole points. They will have to focus on something and ignore the rest. The Dracozins will be supported by the Russes and Infernus and all of the vehicles four up hole points, meaning they'll stick around. Oh, that bitch will stick around. The spearheaded the spearhead is supported by the massed artillery of the Medusas and Thun Guns. So I mean straight out the gate, I could see where like this list would be not fun to play against like i don't know like here's my problem with it what's the problem it it has no real ranged anti-tank other than the two medusas yeah because like what else is like okay so i have a flare shielded spartan i'm driving at this right and he's got everything piled behind the little wall (laughs) what's he gonna do you're just going to go break down that wall like a Battlefield 1 tank. Just... Yep. Because the, the the quad mortars can't hurt it because they're strength 8. They go to 7. They can't even glance it. The Lehman Russes have plasma cannons, so they can't hurt it. The Malkador can't really hurt it. It goes down to strength 2. 
no, it's a blaster template. So it goes down to strength one in the front arc and then gets to roll two dice. So 12, so 13, yeah, it can't hurt it. Um, so really all you got to hurt it are the uh, Medusas, which are all in one uh, battery. So if I basically can hurt those, I could drive around with my Spartan with impunity and just drive up and assault your entire army. You just thunder blitz with the Infernus, but that's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Would you get what I'm saying though, right? No, yeah. no, I completely understand. Yeah. So I think he's got, so if you look at this, he's got the two bombardments in the command squads, and then he's got six quad mortars. Then he's got all the executioner plasma stuff. Then he's got the Medusas. Then he's got the Infernus. Then he's got the two demolisher cannons on the Dracosans. That's like, way too much redundant anti-infantry like blast marker i don't think you need all that that would definitely kill a infantry heavy list yeah no problem so i think personally i would get rid of one of the rapier battery teams for one it's expensive to buy as shit in real life yeah money wise quad mortar yeah so you could get rid of that and um you only have two scoring units in this army. So I would get rid of that and maybe take just like some cheapy last, last rifle guys to stick behind those defense walls or whatever, just as bodies. And then the other thing I would do. And you could also get, take, uh, if you were just take a normal last rifle section for a hundred points, then you wouldn't have to take a fortification for, I don't know if it matters, but because they can take their own. Well, you're still using the ammo dump for the other quad mortar team. Well, I mean, they can all use the ammo dump. Everybody can use right. the ammo dump. Right. But, so, this is, these are the changes I would make. You could, I would get rid of the Lehman Russes as heavy support and instead take Vanquishers in fast attack to give you the more ranged anti-tank that you can blow a hole in a Spartan or something like that. And then because it opens a heavy slot, you can take those two Medusas and split them up so they're not in a single battery. Because I don't believe it's zero to one for Solar Ox. I think you can make a multiple. Yeah, you can. So that way, I can't just like shoot one unit at your Medusas and get rid of both of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So basically, keep the Medusas, but split them into two squadrons. Take the Lehman Russes out of heavy, and then make, move them to fast. Make those Vanquishers so that you get more ranged anti-tank, um, get rid of the rapier battery and take another scoring unit. And I feel like it's going to work a lot better. What do you think? I love Vanquishers, so I'm a full proponent of Vanquishers. I'm just making sure that the uh, Medusas aren't the... Zero to one. Yeah, that's what I'm checking on right now. I love Vanquishers, man. They're probably like my favorite tank in the game. So, and then the other thing you could do is, um, I guess there's no place to hide them. I was going to say because you're getting rid of that rapier battery, you could try to get in some haywire guys to have like a Spartan strat, but you don't really have a ride for them. Yeah, there's they're they're not zero to one. Yeah, I was going to say so. You're basically just keeping. So that's what I would do. I mean, that's my suggestion. What do you think about that? Yeah, man. Especially if you take the fast attack, Lehman Rust, Strike Squadron, they have outflank. And if you're taking Vanquishers with outflank, it's fucking, it's so, so brutal. Like, 
Well, and make sure you put last cannons on the hull because the other gun is only heavy. So you, if you stay stationary, you don't have to snap fire it. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like a standard Lehman Russ, like with a battle cannon or something like that, because it's ordnance, whether you move or not, you have to snap fire that whole weapon. So because it's only heavy on the Vanquisher gun, you can um, shoot both. And Vanquishers are like, and you could also take a uh, tank commander because you've got that extra HQ slot, throw him in the Vanquisher. And like Vanquishers are like that really weird unit that can outflank you, still be far away. And be a huge threat to you because they're slinging out. It shoots seventy two. Like you don't even really have to outflank necessarily. Like if if you're going first and they have a Spartan that's starting on the board, you pop it. And you have a squadron or two or three of them. Yeah, just try to. Yeah, and he's got enough fast attack slots because he's got two. If he's going to run two of them, you could split him into separate units too. Yeah, I always they don't have to be in a squadron. I always like the especially for an idea of what he's running. He's running basically stay behind a wall and unload into enemy that I open up. Like, if you centralize your entire army on one table edge, then the enemy's going to come to you. You start outflanking vanquishers that they have to take care of because they're fucking slinging out armor bane. Then you outflank, and now it's all misdirection. It's like, well, do I need to take care of this vanquisher, or do I want to move towards the army? And then whichever way they go, you're getting the open arc of... You're either getting ass armor for your vanquisher, or you're getting side armor for your, you know, shatter shells. It's like, man, Spartans, of course, you know, doesn't fucking matter. Just pop them, but it's a it's a cool strat, man. Definitely, I don't see the value in executioners though. Like, especially not with, in this list. Apparently, this is yeah. that those stuck out like a sore thumb because I'm like, well, you got like so much anti infantry. I don't really know. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've got. Like, you've got all this thing to, like, eat the nut, but you don't have a way to crack the nut, and that's what you need right now. Except for your Thunderbolt. Your Thunderbolt could definitely crack a nut. But You could even, I don't know what it costs, but instead of taking the two Vanquishers, you might be able just to combine the points and take a single Valdor, too. Dude, Valdor's not great. Well, I'm just because they got that big Neuron laser thing on him. Just yeah. like a, I'm just saying it's kind of the same idea. But then, then you're then you're going back into heavy support where you have to combine your Medusas again. I think I would rather spread the Medusas apart and then spread the Russes apart in fast attack and then take some more anti-tank like we talked about. Yeah, go Vanquisher. Vanquisher in the squadron with a tank commander. And then... Mm, no, never mind. Yeah, no, that's definitely do that. But I was thinking yeah. of the other... Lehman Russ unit that has the uh, coordinated fire protocols. That's only in the heavy support slots. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Which do is that. funny that they gave it to that because they got the worst versions of like they don't have very many anti armor tanks in there. I don't think do they? What's the anti armor tank in that that you can take there? Uh, I think the closest one would probably be the incinerator. Like, well, it's still only strength seven. That that that's like the only useful unit that ballistic skill would help out. What which ones are in the heavy support slot? Demolisher, Executioner, Incinerator. Yeah, because the plus the Demolisher, it's like plus one ballistic skill on a template weapon. It's not that big a deal. No. Like the Incinerator is the only thing you'd use it for. But it's really weird that they gave that rule to just those guys and not in both. Because if you could if you could get that rule for the fast attack ones, imagine that rule on Vanquishers. Imagine that rule on Exterminators. 
Like, well, any of the, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm just getting at. It's like, yeah, yeah. So or the annihilator. Anyway. Oh, it'd be dope on the annihilator. Yeah, the last cannon one. It's already twin link though, but still. Oh yeah. So yeah, outflanking vanquishers, definitely something to consider. So I didn't vanquishers too. Fergus, I didn't like rewrite you up an entire list because we didn't really change a whole lot. Like I figure you can listen to this and get what we're talking about. So, because I'm really just rearranging things for the most part. Dude, I will tell you when I played Josh against his Solar Auxilla, like this list with just stuff hiding because. I know your idea is let me just hide behind this uh, four-up cover save wall. Just remember, Barrage don't care about that. So if you're playing against somebody else who has quad mortars and is going to phosphex the shit out of you, they don't care. Or drop pods with flamers or shit that outflanks and gets around the wall. There's a lot of things. Yeah. But and just looking at this now, I know you said you have a Lord Marshal or you have a Legate Commander, a Command Squad and a Legate slash Lord Marshall. Maybe try and squeeze some points in for that Lord Marshall and then take uh take him as the actual marshal. That way he can get the pick his uh warlord trait and then do the rolling bombardment so that first turn you get the shrouded behind your uh your Aegis defense line because that would make a huge difference. So that plus two cover for turn one make huge fucking difference. Because what, Aegis is four up cover save, and then that bumps you up to a two up cover save? Yep. So basically that way they don't wipe your quad mortars first turn, and then you can unstart unloading. Well, if, like you said, though, if they shoot barrage over it, it's not going to matter. Well, you'll, so you'll still get a five up save for first turn then. Right. So right. you'll get something instead of just getting your ass wiped. But... I don't know. I dig it. I mean, I like the idea. If anybody, if you play anybody who doesn't have, who aren't riding in transports, you're going to wipe them. Like, there's no way. Like, this is a very similar list that I played against at Adepticon. And once I was outside my rhinos, it was just pain train city. Of course, there was also a knight in that list, but that knight didn't do anything. It was all that Malkador and Furnace. It was all the Demolisher cannons. It was all the I was actually wasn't even playing against quad mortars, but I like definitely afraid of them even more now. Yeah. So I think it's a solid list. I think it's a sturdy foundation of a list, but I think you're going to do all right. So anyway, so that's uh Mr. Fergus Shaw's list. Send us some pictures, dude. I want to see what you got working on so far. Definitely want to see what that looks like. But, uh, gotten a lot of solar auxiliary list. Recently. Yeah, guys. Yeah, I I know y'all have solar auxiliary list, but if uh, we we have this one player, Josh, that actually plays solar auxiliary, and like he's combed over and played probably every version of solar auxiliary that you could play at this point. He has the, his busy B list has like six arvis lighters in it like it's insane like he he does so much like he has every model you could possibly have for auxilla so if you send us a solar auxilla list uh we will probably forward it over to josh and he does the wednesday webcast and uh he'll definitely enjoy going over that so josh at warhammer30k.com 
if you also include him in the email when you send Solar Auxilla list, he's much better at uh, at going over these lists and is well versed in the Solar Ox. So, and he's he's part of TFL. He's he's one of our guys. I've never played one. I've just played against him. Yeah, I played against Josh, and I I did play Solar Ox. That was my first army that I played against, and I played a list very similar to this one, except I ran exterminators that outflanked, and. I did have uh, a rapier battery, but I also had a navigator in there using his his uh, spells and witchy poo stuff. But I did not play with two tactical command squads. Should have though. So, but yeah, uh, Fergus, I'm actually going to forward this list over to Josh right now, and I know they missed their last webcast this past week, so they have to do a webcast this week. And so he should be going over it on Wednesday at warhammer30k.com. They do a live stream at 8.30 Central Time. And so if you jump in that, uh, in that live stream chat, he can, he'll definitely go over it for you as well. And, and then even if they do go over it and you can't catch the show, because I don't know, he may be from a different time zone or different country or whatever, you can always watch them on YouTube. They post them up on YouTube to watch later. Yeah, it gets posted to YouTube. So, go check that out. Warhammer30k.com. So, anyway, what do we got next? Oh, the Floridian shout-out. Man, where are you at shout-outs? Already. We've been recording a while. Have we? My, wa- my wife's messaging me going, when are you going to be done? Sorry, that was a terrible impression. I'm sorry, honey, if you're listening. <laughs> I know, man. I was like, why did you do that? I don't know. I'm in trouble. She heard you. Well, I'll try to have to get her to, I guess, like, do nice things and cook dinner and stuff like that for me before she listens. <laughs> it's like a year's worth of dinner. Okay. So, I'm going right now through my phone to get to my Facebook messages. Oh, wait, I guess I should just do it on the computer in front of me. That seems a lot easier. There's a shout-out we need to do for an event that's going down in Florida, Mr. Mr. Raphael's area. This is taking longer than I expected. Messages. Okay. So Mr. Tom... He said, what's up, gentlemen? Just wanted to say hello and make a quick request for an event shout-out. We're holding our first narrative event down here in beautiful Florida, the assault on Keltos 5. will take place on Saturday, January 7th, 2017 in Wesley Chapel, Florida, about 30 minutes north of Tampa. It's going to be a $35 entry, and gaming will go from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. with all kinds of crazy link table shenanigans. Anyone interested can join the Paradox 30K group or Facebook or email him at Tom Waskovich. That's T-O-M-W-A-S-K-O-V-I-C-H at Hotmail.com. I've included some pictures of the venue. Thanks, Tom. Dude, this venue looks insanely nice. And I actually told him, I said, uh, it looks like the venue where men slap other men with white gloves. Like, it looks like super... Like, nice. 
<laughs> like this is where like duels happen. Like it's like a super nice venue. It's on like the, it's on the water. Like there's a lake. It looks like a country club that they're gonna like rip up. It's gonna be. It's gonna have kill team, tactical strike. It's like a kill team tactical strike, which is like 200, 500 point, uh, 500 point games. A zone mortalis five hundred point to a thousand point games, and then a normal two thousand to twenty five hundred and a team five thousand point game. So I'm kind of actually wondering because he kind of gave us the general like it's going to be this amount of points but they're not really set points because he did like 200 to 500 500 to 1000 and then 2000 to 2500 so i'm not 100 percent sure on the points let yet but he did send me the primer so i'll go ahead and break that down it's got to be a, it's a fully painted event you do have to go fully painted because you're closers um but i mean the venue looks sweet like pretty excited about it to see some pictures of this tom if you want to come on man let us know if you want to shout out your event in person we'll get you on so go check that out guys it's gonna be january 7th 2017 in wesley chapel florida 30 minutes north of tampa if y'all want us to shout any events out in your area let us know we'll gladly do it for you guys and get more people into your area so that's all I got for Tom. Ryan, you want to go ahead and talk about Freebooters? You got the Colorado one, don't you? That's after you, Freebooters one. I mean, I'll do the Colorado oh, okay. one. No, no, no. So so we're just uh, going to talk a little bit again about the uh, the Freebooters charity auctions. They're doing the charity auctions for the uh, Toys for Tots uh, stuff. So basically what they do, they get a bunch of models donated to them. They paint them up. Then they sell them on eBay, and then 100% of the proceeds goes to Toys for Tots. So they were doing five auctions this year. Two have already sold. Um, from my behind-the-scenes knowledge, I'm hearing that the Dark Angel one is extremely close to be ready to go. So keep uh, going to our Facebook page and look for that probably within a week. So we'll shout it out again when it actually goes up. And we'll post them up for you guys. They're very nice armies, dude. Both armies are armies that I would have wanted. So they're painted beautifully. And it's a great cause. Great cause. All right. So the last shout-out we have is going to be a new gaming club in Colorado. I think we've actually shouted this out before, but it couldn't hurt to shout it out again. So if you're in Colorado, uh, our buddy says, I'm working my way his name's Connor, by the way. I'm working my way through your show currently, and I'm totally digging it. I heard about you guys from the iForce podcast and figured you guys would be worth listening to. On to the brass tacks. There's a new 30K club in Colorado. We are the Sons of War. Sons of War. Of war. May your hammer be mighty. May your hammer be mighty. Yes. <laughs> we meet every other Saturday, either in Fort Collins or Broomfield. We enjoy all styles of play, and we will even try to accommodate Xenos with a little adjustment. If you guys could shout out our club and on your show, that would be most appreciated. In any case, stay hard for heresy. So, Connor Mackett's loyal servant of the War Master. So, guys, I don't know what this weekend was. I don't know if, like, next weekend's going to be the every other weekend. I don't want to send you, like, this weekend, and then, like, it's the bad weekend, and you're like, oh, maybe it's the weekend after this. And it just, like, catches on, like this forever you never meeting up with connor but definitely go check out the 
Does Sons of War have a Facebook page? I hope they do. Sons of War. 30K. They need shirts that say, May your hammer be mighty. May your hammer be mighty. No. They don't have a Facebook page that I can find. But yeah, definitely find Connor. I need your permission. Okay, so check this out. I'm just going to give his email out. If you're in Colorado and you can't find these guys, Connor is CM the con man with two N's, which is clever because his name's Connor with two N's, at gmail.com. So that's CM the con, C-O-N-N, man, M-A-N, at gmail.com. Send him an email, get into his 30K gaming group, and if they're playing every other Saturday, man, that's pretty nice. So, all you Coloradians out there, however you, whatever they're called. We need Tim. We need Tim. I have forced Tim to go legal weed. Legal weed. Legal weed. Every time. (laughs) I love it. There's more places. There's going to be so many places with legal weed. You don't even have to say it anymore. Just be America legal weed. 23 states, bro. 23 states. Not mine. How about yours? We're red as shit, bro. Not for a while. (laughs) Yeah. Sort of sucks, doesn't it? (laughs) Like, it's all out of principle. It's like, yeah, we know it doesn't matter, but we're fucking, we're not doing it. It's like, no, come on. Just, yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> it's not going to hurt nobody. Just break, these, just break these rules just for a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's like an angry grandpa is like our states. Like They're just like, Man, stay off our lawn. I, I don't need to learn that computer. <laughs> no, I know how to write. It's like, Damn it, grandpa. Just give it a shot. So, anyway, so that's it, man. That's all I got for shout outs. Uh, definitely go check out our Facebook page, Radio Freest Van. Uh, we post a lot of funny pictures and stuff on there. All of the RFI picture dumps go on there. You can ask us questions, send us uh, send us your comments or concerns on there. We'll take care of it. I got nothing else, dude. I guess we better wrap it up. That's it, man. So I don't have nothing. Enjoy this sweet close close out from Mr. Ben Porter and some music right after that. Y'all have a good one, guys. This has been a broadcast from Radio Free Isvan. Fight on, brothers, for the Imperium. The Emperor protects.